Hey, y'all. I'm Haley Rantia from ABC's The Goldbergs, and you're listening to Below the Belt Show. Oh, balls! <laughs> That's great. <laughs> did I say that right? Yeah, yes. you did. Yeah, you did. The Below the Belt Show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. That's right, it's time for another episode of BTB, Below the Belt in the Mother Effin' House. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure. We have a special episode tonight, which is all about comedy, guys. All about comedy. We have a great comedian that has been a recurring BTB guest over the years, and Brett Ernst who uh, can also be seen in Cobra Kai as Louis LaRusso, the cousin of Danny LaRusso, Daniel LaRusso on Cobra Kai. Uh, he wasn't in The Karate Kid, but I guess he's a new character nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Brett is a stand-up comic. Um, and uh, yeah, He was still in Jersey during that time, I think. He was still in Jersey during that yeah. time. Yeah. Yep. And we're just happy to welcome Brett back on the show. We also have one of our... Um, Former recurring co-host. It's been a minute, but he um, is the opening comedian at the Baltimore Comedy Factory. He's a good friend of ours. Alabama will be joining <laughs> us a little later in the program. So it's all about comedians. And at the end of the program, that wasn't enough. A pre-recorded interview that I conducted with the directors of a great college frat type of comedy something that we don't see too often uh, it's called drunk bus and uh interviewed the directors of that film uh they were absolutely great there's a lot of star wars references in the film which is kind of cool uh it star it stars charlie tahan from ozark he plays um wyatt um langmore one of the langmores in ozark um and uh it's a funny a very funny little raunchy, but it's a story that has a lot of good heart. So I'm really happy to um, interview the directors of that film. It's uh, John Carlucci and Brandon Laganke. So that's going to end tonight's program, but already you know a jam-packed show tonight. The way we're going to see more like high school or college comedies is if they had like a comic book about it beforehand. I think so. There is, it's kind of like a rare breed these days, I yes. think. 
to get that lunch. comic book movies and TV shows. Yeah, so it was a it was a breath of fresh air, guys. Yep, and but, all the nerds who read comics growing up. And, right. But yeah. let's go ahead and introduce the amazing panel that we've uh, assembled tonight. Of course, you heard my co-host extraordinaire. He is the king of the 80s, a demotivational speaker, Chachi McFly. Feels good to be here, and the comedy stops here. You know? The comedy stops here? With the co-host, <laughs> yeah. It starts. Yeah. It starts. It starts, guys. Uh, this is okay. the comedy show here on Below All right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's all about comedy here. We used, we used uh, to be funny. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> we have our moments. We've yeah, got our Once moments. in a while, yeah. Once in a while, we'll make somebody chuckle. We also have to bring back, that's right, by popular demand. He is a fan favorite. <laughs> he is the prince of comic book pop culture. Oh, the Persian prince of comic culture. <laughs> We've also had a couple of um, new nicknames to add to that list, like Gen Pop and Gen, Gen, Pop, yeah. and you've been, Gen you've 13. Been, I, I've, I've been seeing that in your text to me. I, I, kinda, I can dig that, Gen Pop. Or <laughs> Gen Gen Pop. Pop. <laughs> he is Mike, the General Zot. <laughs> yeah, talking about... Um, by popular demand now that's some comedy yeah. <laughs> i wish i wish you would get like a um a headset for popular demand <laughs> you have the perfect headset general and then yeah, it just... why don't you use it like you sound like you're talking into a tin can <laughs> well, somebody somebody took it back to school and uh haven't been able to get one since and <laughs> i know do you need to borrow some money like out of our budget <laughs> It's also tax deductible, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have, wow, we are so happy to have back on BTB. She is cosplayer extraordinaire, the wonderful, the lovely, the talented Anna B. Welcome back to BTB. Glad to be back. Good to have you. How you been, Anna B? What's new? Nothing much. Um, fully vaccinated, so. Yeah. You're ready to get cray, aren't you? You're ready to get a party a little bit? <laughs> ready to hug people. <laughs> you're, kind of, you're kind of rocking the Anna, I'm sorry, the Elsa from Frozen look tonight. Oh. Oh, yeah. I did get my hair done recently. You look great. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to General, but no, Anna B, you look uh, great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, said absolutely. Well, she already gets the lovely and talented and stuff. I get the motivational speaker. <laughs> Uh, like what the hell is that? <laughs> that was your nickname, I guess. I know, we're back oh. in the day. <laughs> uh, but guys, uh, lots of stuff going on in entertainment. So I guess we'll just just get right into it. Unless anyone has any awesome things to promote, anybody dropping LPs, um, <laughs> anybody uh, starring in an upcoming web series or TV series or. Um, any anything promotion wise you guys want to throw out? General, you're you're still working on your album, I can tell. Yes, yes, yes. I'm actually okay. working on my greatest hits album now. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> so we'll that that'll we'll, be my first album we'll, that comes out. <laughs> we'll plug it when it's ready. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on. Let's go on with everything <laughs> entertainment, guys. Um. So, um. Yeah, man. So, you know, the box office is recovering. COVID is in the in the rearview mirror, luckily, and uh, people will be heading back to the movies, guys. Um, one uh, film I'm looking forward to is Shang Chi, yeah. um, and from the Marvel Universe MCU, 
it will not drop simultaneously on Disney Plus. This will be um, a film that will have a 45-day exclusive run in cinema. So they are doing that for Black Widow. However, they will not be doing that for Shang-Chi. They figured by the fall, things will be even more improved, that people are, are actually going to want to sit in a theater and not actually um, uh, buy the film on Disney+. Plus. I mean, with Black Widow, okay, of course, that they're going to have that drop on both Disney+, Plus and the theaters. We figured the crowd's kind of mixed, half and half, half are ready to go to theaters, half are still want to wait a little while. But by fall, yeah, I think that's a good call, you know, to... To drop Shang-Chi, um, you know, our second MCU film, um, you know, um, so uh, we're really, Are really guys excited. Are you guys excited about Shang-Chi? I mean, like. He hasn't had any buildup. That's the only thing. So same with the Eternals and Shang-Chi. We're not really familiar with the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but with the Eternals, we have some crazy star power in Kit yeah. Harrington. Richard Madden from Game of Thrones, Angelina Jolie, great cast. Um, So there's a little more buzz about Eternals than there is Shang-Chi. Well, like, the the difference there, like, Eternals, um, I mean, it's looking good. I mean, they haven't really shown any trailers or anything for it yet. So, I mean, they they showed, like, what, two seconds of... um, two seconds of um of footage like during some promotional video that they had for like the mcu in general yeah yeah when it came to when it came to the comics the eternals were like something that was kind of considered in marvel like a perpetual failure like it would they would try to introduce them and then it would get canceled almost immediately so it's really really interesting that they they decided to go with them and obviously the comics don't really mean anything when it comes to the movies because i mean eternal somewhat similar to guardians of the galaxy that that wasn't the most popular comic the big difference with guardians of the galaxy is right before the movie came out they came out with a like they kind of retooled the comic book and the the characters in the comics and that was actually like pretty popular with like comic book readers gotcha and but with eternals like it's this one's really i mean of course like the mcu is its own brand now so like they can put out anything and it'll it'll be successful but this is like this is like the first time that they took characters that were just never popular in the comics right right so i'm very curious about that one yeah we all know that black widow is very popular we got a sneak peek of of some footage from Black Widow at the MTV Movie and TV Awards. Did anyone get a chance to catch that? It was just uh, a scene with um, Natasha Romanoff um, uh, confronting the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with uh, with ties to her past arises. Um, And then we have a scene with... um, with um, the other actress, uh, Yelena Belova, um, played by Florence Pugh. Um, in that scene, just something really to look forward to the MTV, um, movie and TV awards. Although as I think Chachi alluded to last week, not very important, but they do get some really good sneak peeks. Mm -hmm. Um, we're also getting GI Joe origin snake eyes. Uh, they just dropped a uh, trailer for that with Henry Golding from crazy rich Asians and Samara weaving. Um, that. Henry Golding play Snake Eyes? Like, he's do they Snake Eyes? Yeah, you know what? So it's probably it's not tied into. Did he? Did uh, he play him other in movies. the? 
Did because he play Ray, the clear G.I. Joe movies? Ray, Ray Park, Darth Maul, played Snake Eyes in the previous movies. Okay. Like, so, is, it, is it like a reboot, or is it supposed to be like a continuation? That's the thing that? I'm not sure, because what didn't Snake... I, I believe Snake Eyes, uh, unless he was completely masked the whole time, um, it can't really, you know, be... Um, canon because he's already revealed as a different person in Ray Park. But I just can't recall if Snake Eyes had his mask on the entire time. If he yeah. did, then yes, it could work out that it's tied into the other movies. I'm not sure about that one. Look, I don't know. I've actually never seen the movies. So you've <laughs> never seen any of the G.I. Joe movies. They're a lot no, of fun. I never have. Except for the one from like the 80s. That was, that was awesome. The one with Cobra Law. <laughs> but that was yeah. <laughs> What the actual cartoon are you talking about? Or no, it was it was live a cartoon, action. but they Li- made it was live action. They made a it wasn't live action. It was okay. A, okay. It was part of the. It was like a continuation of the cartoon of, of the animated series, movie. right? Okay. Um, let's see. We also saw a trailer for Dear Evan Hansen, um, with Ben Platt reprising his role from Broadway, and he's a great actor. He you know he was great on Broadway, but there is actually criticisms of him playing the high school age character when he's already 27. So of course, when he was on Broadway, that was uh, years ago. So it kind of fit, but now that he's 27, people are complaining, but um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he's great in his role. Um, And let's not forget other TV shows that have like 90210. uh, I think Lou Perry was actually 27 when he was was a high schooler. Right. So I don't know. I, I think people need to like chill on that one, you know. I mean, I mean, someone joked that he looked like the principal. I mean, maybe maybe he looks a little older than twenty-seven. I don't know, but uh, you know. Um, but you know what? You know, I think uh, Ben is okay with it. You know, not gonna not gonna fuss too much about it. Um, so the F nine movie that's Fast and Furious nine. Oh thank um, God. Yeah, I know you guys are looking forward to that oh, one, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. My favorite superhero movie. It's actually going to drop in China a month before the U.S., surprisingly. Yeah, a full month before it hits U.S. theaters. So expect the China box office to, um, yeah, to, to have that film in the top spot. I mean, there's no surprise there. Um, but in the U.S. box office, um, yeah, Spiral, still the number one movie. So uh, that is still on my to-watch list. Um, of course, that's in the Saw franchise with Chris Rock, yeah, Sam Jackson. Of course, Jatham Statham's Wrath of Man is the number two movie. Angelina Jolie's Those Who Wish Me Dead, number three, followed by Demon Slayer and Ryan the Last Dragon for the fourth and fifth place, respectively. So that's a box office, guys. And some films in production, guys. Yeah, the Angelina Jolie movie wasn't wasn't my favorite. It was not good, no? I mean, so I, thought a... it, I thought the script was kind of weak. Oh, wow. But I thought she did a great job. I she mean... played like a partying former firefighter, right? Uh, what, like, partying? They, they called her a partying... I think we talked about it last week. She was like a... I guess a, a party type of, of person. Was that the case or no? I didn't really see her as a party type of girl, but like, okay. I mean, she, she looks, she looks great still. Oh, and, and, yeah. and sweetheart. Yeah. Beautiful. I haven't seen it, but it is on HBO max for those who'd rather watch it at home. 
I can see that them doing the simultaneous releases um, for the summer, and I think they're going to get a like like we alluded to. Um, Shang Chi won't be doing that, but I think eventually they're just they're going to go straight to theaters eventually and uh, drop on on demand a lot later. Um, but I think this might be the last chance to catch the big blockbusters like Black Widow and Dune and a lot of the big movies coming out that will have simultaneous releases at home. Um, because yeah, again, like we said, box office is starting to open up. Um, so Indiana Indiana Jones Five um, has added two new actors to the cast: Logan Star, Boyd Holbrook, and resident actress Seanette Renee Wilson. Of course, Harrison Ford will be back with that one. Um, of course, right? You can't have an Indiana Jones movie without Harrison Ford. My God! Oh, no, but- it's Disney. Don't be surprised. <laughs> James Mangold is directing. Going like for like eighteen more Indiana Joneses. I don't think so. I oh. Harrison Ford was very, very, um, very strict on his stance on there shouldn't be another Indiana Jones. Um, yeah, but are you gonna listen to him? <laughs> do you think they'll listen to him? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. As long as he's above ground, I think they'll listen to him. <laughs> but I mean, they're taking their good ass time to film it. I mean, God, he's like. What's he like? Um, he's, 85 he's 80. now? I think he's 80. Yeah. Is he 80? <laughs> I don't know. Is he almost 80 or 80? I mean, he's getting up there. I thought he was like uh, 75, but uh, hold on. I'm going to yeah. find out. Yeah. He, um, Harrison Ford is the... Hold on. Not Harris Ford. Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> is 78. Okay, wow. yeah. He's getting up there. Oh, dang. Disney's taking a good ass time. <laughs> They're like, oh, let's do it a couple years after COVID. Let's... um. Let's add some more actors to it. I mean, let's start filming filming his roles now. Like, yeah. stop messing around. My God. Well, you know what's more interesting, Chachi, is that John Williams will be doing the score. That's, that's and John Williams is is way into his eighties. Yeah, like like that's. I mean, it's so, probably the last Indiana Jones ever. So it, it's great that he's gonna, you know, probably end his career with this. Which is great because John Williams. Um, did the score for Rise of Skywalker, which he did all the Skywalker saga. I films. mean, he's 89. Can you imagine doing anything in your life at 89? Much less, like... Score a movie. A movie at now, 89. Now he, so he writes the scores of the movies, right? Yes, and, absolutely. And conducts. Yep. How can you even uh, think of that age? My God. You know, some, 80, 89 years old. Think about it. Like, I, You know, some people still um, are very active and they're well into their 80s, you know? Good for him. You know, so um, you gotta you gotta applaud um, health and um, yeah. and strides in medicine and and um, and, well, you and, know. and health and and, and you know um, the longevity. All like moving that stick around or whatever when you're conducting that that is a good workout. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, of course, uh, man. Oh man, who doesn't love Anya Taylor Joy from? Uh, uh, Queen's Gambit, she's going to be a new movie with Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe, and Bjork. Bjork! Who's yeah. just Where amazing. is she been at? She, I mean, she's done some acting. Her last acting gig was in 2005. Um, but uh, she will be in this epic revenge thriller uh, along with that amazing cast right there. It's called The Northmen. And it's a Viking revenge drama. So that sounds pretty looks. cool. Bjork has always been very uh, very cute, cute, and has a very like 
pixie look, you know? Yes, yeah. I, I always thought she had a really pixie look. And her music is phenomenal. General, I know you're a Sugar Cubes dork fan back in the day, right? <laughs> of course, of course I was, yeah. Yeah, that song <laughs> Birthday by the Sugar Cubes. That's, yeah. That's pretty dope, pretty dope stuff, guys. And her solo stuff, like, you know, she went in a lot of crazy directions with it. And, yeah. Human yeah. behavior. Human behavior, but then also that song "It's So So Quiet," which almost sounds like a um, like that's a good a, song. It's a good show tune. That show tune. It's got that big screen. band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chachi, if you don't have a classic cut in mind, I would highly suggest some Bjork. I have one in mind, but that could be a future show. Okay. <laughs> if I can find it in our archives, okay. I'll, I'll look for it. I'll dust it. Yeah. Off. Um, we're also going to get a follow up of the 2019 Pet Cemetery based on Stephen King's bestseller. That's going to be directed by Lindsay Beer. So if you're a fan of the 2019 film, this will be a sequel. I like it. So they're, so they're like totally going away from the book then. Yeah, this will be original material. Huh. I guess, yeah. The second film adaptation um, will be written by Jeff Bueller. Oh, it's so Let's see. Oh, the second film adaptation was written by Jeff Bueller. So this is the... the um, I guess he's the screenwriter uh, adapting Stephen King's book. Wait, Jeff who? Jeff who? Jeff Bueller. Who? Bueller? <laughs> who? Bueller. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. Too soon. <laughs> oh, Bueller. Yeah. But um, but Lindsay Beer actually wrote most of the recent script based on a draft by Jeff Bueller. So. So I guess this will be this one won't have Stephen King's um, backstory to it, you know, um, source material that is. He's got to hold the record for the amount of movies made off of off of his books. works. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. I think so because he well, writes so goddamn much. You know? Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it's uh, William Shakespeare holds that record, but <laughs> I don't think so. Like, how many books did he write? I don't know. I can't actually can't think of it off the top of my head. Right, there's no way it's more than Stephen King. I mean, there's like movies that you don't even know are Stephen King. That yeah, like, but you think about it. You think about it. There have been at least like 15 different movie production, movie adaptations of Hamlet. Yeah. And, and okay, so you're saying off of the same, the same piece of work. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, we also have a movie called Seance uh, coming out with Sookie Waterhouse. And apparently um, there's an interview with Sookie that talks about how Jim Carrey, who's uh, one of the few male actors in the film, is mostly all about a girl's, an all, mostly all-female cast. Um, it's an all-girls academy, which recently lost a fellow student to a mysterious suicide. And they take part in a seance to try to figure out what happened to their deceased classmate. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she was talking about how Jim Carrey was very indistinguishable. He actually um, was in character. He went to set early, camped in the desert with a camp van, and he's been out there for a long time. <laughs> very unrecognizable, long nails, you know, probably a lot of facial hair. Um, so, yeah, some actors really get into their, their roles, you know, like truly go complete method. So. Um, let's see. John Boyega, Finn from Star Wars, will be actually doing a sequel for his film Attack the Block, which was um, at the time he was an unknown actor uh, in the 2011 film that centered on a group of ragta- ragtag friends who find themselves defending their neighborhood from aliens. 
Um, but yeah, um, look out for that one if you're a fan of Attack the Block. I didn't even saw Attack the Block, but um, uh, all right. Here's um Stephen King. Um, so sixty two. Um, oh, good. You have a list. Sixty two films are based on his works. Okay. That's a ton. Okay, now William Shakespeare. Oh no. All right, go find the one Shakespeare. Okay, okay. The next one. <laughs> we'll see if General's right or Chachi's right. I'm actually very curious now. All right, so uh, Mel Gibson, Josh Demel, and an actress I haven't seen in a while because I've been a, a fan of her since The Girl Next Door, um, Alicia Cuthbert. Um, she's actually going to be in a movie called Bandit, which is an action thriller, directed by Alan Unger, who directed Gridlocked. Um, by the way, Shakespeare. A, a novel. Shakespeare blows uh, Stephen King out of the water. There's 1,500 films based on Shakespeare productions. 1,500. Because you have to go, okay. you have to go back to the golden age of Hollywood, right? Well, but yeah. How many, but how many? The Internet Movie Database lists Shakespeare as having a writing, an official writing credit on 1,500 films. But how many different? 1,500. Different, how many different pieces of work, though? Oh, that's well. Yeah, that's a. It says the earliest known production is King John from 1899. That was a good one. one. Let's see here. General, looks like you won that debate there. (laughs) (laughs) My thing thing wasn't like how many like remakes and stuff. Mine was just based off of how many books. And how many books did um, Shakespeare write? That's a good question. Let me see. (laughs) And then we can get technical, too. Supposedly, he didn't write all his... uh... Yeah, there's there's the uh, there's that rumor that Christopher Marlowe actually wrote like uh, a mm-hmm. bunch of them because William Shakespeare himself was, uh, you know, like they, they have like these like official documents that William Shakespeare himself like signed and wrote, and they did not match the writing style of his plays at all. Really? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, there's that. There's that um, long-running like rumor and um, about that. Let's Interesting. See. We'll move it on really quick. Um, Chachi, have you heard of the 1983 cult classic *The Hunger*? It's an erotic vampire horror movie. No. Is David Bowie in that? Um, David Bowie. Yep. Catherine Devenue, Susan Sarandon. Yep. That's very good, General. They're actually going to do a remake. Uh, Warner Brothers has uh, set to remake the 83 cult classic movie. Was it any good, General? Did you watch it? The Hunger? Um, it's David Bowie, you know? I don't really remember much from it. I remember seeing it when I was in college. Like, um, not in 1983. <laughs> 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 I do remember. I do remember, like, somebody had, like, a, uh, he saw I, the year after it was released on... Um, VHS. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, like, I, remember, I remember somebody had a copy of it and we watched it. I don't really remember much from the movie, although I I might have okay. been I might have been a little high. So. Okay. Well, maybe maybe they could make the new uh, version a little more memorable then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's. I'm sorry. Is it too many pixie sticks, General? Yeah, too many pixie yeah. sticks. That's it. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Jacob Elordi, uh, best known for his roles in The Kissing Booth on Netflix and Euphoria on HBO, will lead an action film called Parallel. And Tom Green is directing the film? Is this the same Tom Green um, comedian? Um, 
I think that's very interesting. Um, but that's another film to look out for. And uh, the Sundance Film Festival just announced the dates for the 2022 edition next year, which will be January 20th through January 30th, 2022. It will be a hybrid of in-person and online. Um, but um, yeah, by, by January of 2022, I'm sure things will hopefully... Okay, we should hope so. Be 100% back to normal. I know COVID-30 or something. Right, COVID-30. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, let's see. So Amazon is in uh, negotiations to acquire MGM Studios for about $9 billion. Holy smokes. Um, so negotiations, so I guess it's not um, confirmed on, I guess, MGM's price tag. But MGM, my gosh, they have such a big library, which is all the James Bond films. Rocky and Creed, RoboCop. Pink Panther. They, they have um, a Wizard of Oz, too, right? Wizard of Oz, Zen yeah. West, Silence of the Lambs, Magnificent, Magnificent, Magnificent Seven, um, <laughs> um, and a lot of um, television programming, you know, as well. You know, uh, Stargate Universe, Handmaid's Tale, Fargo, Condor, Fame, Rick, Gladiators, Teen Wolf. Even The Hills on MTV. That was one of my guilty pleasures, The Hills. <laughs> you, were ne- you were never guilty from watching that. <laughs> you would sit there and brag about it and tell everybody. And, and tell everybody. That guilty. Yeah. I partied with Audrina from 2 3 in the morning at Club Mist or something. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my girls. That was fun. But I don't know. I mean, as long as Disney's not going to buy them, because Disney owns too much as it is. Um, yeah, I, no, I don't, I don't, get, this, get this to Amazon. Let Amazon, you know, get, get a little. I, mean, I want, I want fire, to Disney know? before Disney like had, um, you know, you know, um, Disney uh, MGM Studios back in the day, which oh. would have been nice. Would have bought it before and kept that name, but they changed it to, to um, Disney Hollywood Studios. Right. But I, I don't. Um, I'm not sure I'm too keen on this, but that's more yeah. because like how big Amazon already is. And, exactly. Like the thing with Disney, Disney's bread and butter is like, you know, content and right. productions. Well, I guess in theme parks, but um, even MGM. But had, MGM but Disney has too much power already over the theaters. That's true. Because but you, like you the don't. Guy, you don't think Amazon is going to be like, especially since they already have a platform that they're probably going to put most of these productions on. You think they're going to give a shit about the theaters either? Um, I think I think they'll do like a hybrid type of thing if they acquire it. Okay. But yeah, but I agree with you too. Like, I mean, they own so much too, and um, I mean, but sad thing is, somebody's going to buy them, and like, there's going to be very few movie studios left, like real movie studios. Yeah. yeah, they're all going to be affiliated with a streaming platform. And you know, whoever's going to buy is going to make all these damn remakes out of every property they own now. <laughs> you know, so it's going to be real annoying. Like, oh, here's a new Teen Wolf movie. <laughs> yep. We'll see what happens. I guess it's not set in stone yet, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, they already remade Teen Wolf, didn't they? Wasn't there like a TV show? A TV, TV show, show yeah. on MTV, yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on to streaming. So Netflix has released a new trailer for Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. So it's completely CG um, animation. So no live action. It's the um, long-running video game franchise. Trailer looks pretty cool. 
They also uh, dropped a Fear Street Horror Trilogy trailer. So these will be based by the horror books of R.L. Stein. Um, with yeah, Fear they're... Street Part 1 in 1994, Fear Street Part 2 in 1978, and Fear Street Part 3 in 1666. Hmm. So, sounds yeah, pretty cool. These are the books that were supposed to be for kids after they outgrew, um, outgrew, what was, uh, what's it called? Nancy Drew or... what, 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 what book series are you referring to? Fear Street, because they were the... No, they, they outgrew which which series? Uh, Goosebumps. 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 Oh, okay. R.L. Stein's like... Uh, yes! Like, little kid horror books. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yep. Um, the books were initially written by Stein before he became a household name with Goosebumps. Very good. Yeah. You know your stuff, man. Gen Pop, man. R.L. <laughs> <laughs> Stein actually, Jenny wrote, Pop, Jenny actually Pop. wrote a Marvel comic, too, for a little while. See? Yeah, he wrote uh he wrote the man thing for like uh for like a series and yeah it was okay. Isn't that what they called you in college? Exactly. <laughs> um, Catherine Hunt, Agatha, it was Agatha all along. Will be in Knives Out too. I think that's a great casting choice. Um, of course, joining Daniel Craig, Janelle Monet, and Dave Bautista, Edward Norton. Also added to the cast, Leslie Odom Jr. Um, also Are added they going to have the well, same cast as the first one? Completely new cast, I think. Yeah, this uh, is got. They're just. It's almost going to be an anthology film. With so it's it's know, probably more like a series based on uh, Daniel Craig's detective character, like his different cases. I would think. Yeah, with, with Daniel Craig being the main detective, I guess yeah. my sole detective. Um, in all three films, right? If that makes sense. Uh, okay, okay. Or yeah. are there going to be three? Like they're they're playing yes, three? they're actually they actually greenlit for three as well. Okay, it's going to be all on Netflix. Yeah, know? that was a fantastic movie, by the way. The first yes. Ryan, like I said, Ryan Johnson should stick the knives out. Yeah, no touch <laughs> yeah. Star Wars, yeah. and we're good. <laughs> yep. That was uh, like that was like seeing that kind of movie, like especially since like everything else is all superheroes and everything. It was so refreshing watching that and like thoroughly enjoying it. Right, I agree with that. You're right. Sometimes it's good not to see a superhero movie. Yeah, yeah I know, right? You can make other movies, make comedies. You know, you I mean, yeah, stuff. Emily Blunt said it um, when we talked about it last week that she thinks it's a, a, a saturated market. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arnold Schwarzenegger will take on his first regular TV role for an untitled spy series at Netflix. And they just attach an actress that will play his daughter, Monica Barbaro, who, who's also in Top Gun Maverick. So they'll play a father-daughter duo who learn they've been secretly working as the CIA operatives for years and realize they truly don't know one another at all. Okay, so they don't know each... They don't know that each person is working for the CIA. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, that'll be on Netflix. Also, with the popularity of Bridgerton, um, they're getting a spinoff of Queen Charlotte. This is a spinoff series uh, based on the origins of Queen Charlotte has been ordered at Netflix as well. So I think Anna B. Yeah, I'm, interest, I'm interested her. in her storyline. I, I knew you're a fan of Bridgerton. <laughs> yeah. Although Reggie John Page will not be in season two because it's going to follow. Yeah, I know. We were so devastated about that. <laughs> Is he kind of like the new heartthrob, I guess? 
people like more than a heartthrob (laughs) oh is that right okay (laughs) all right Uh, speaking of heartthrobs kevin james has a new netflix comedy (laughs) called home team inspired by the life of nfl head coach sean payton and taylor lautner of twilight fame uh has joined uh the cast of that show rob snyder's also in it too so um that's a that's an adam sandler production isn't it it wouldn't surprise me if I don't see Adam's uh, name attached, but it is Netflix. I know Adam does have a big uh, Netflix deal. And, mm-hmm. you know, Rob Schneider's his boy. Yeah, same with Kevin James, though. Kevin James is his boy, too. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. I'm not sure if Adam's producing this one or not. <clears throat> um, all right, moving on to Disney+. Plus. Um, we saw some new footage of Loki at the MTV Movie and TV Awards. Um, just some more of Agent Mobius. Um, played by uh, Owen Wilson, who is one of my favorite actors from back in the day. Um, Love Wedding Crashers. Um, And yeah, it's Tom Hiddleston's return as the God of Mischief. And uh, nice little sneak peek of of their conversation. Not really action-packed footage, just just some conversational footage between the two in the elevator. So we saw a little bit more of that. Um, Jenna, are you looking forward to Loki? Of course I am. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston is uh I mean he he totally like he owns the role Loki. I mean there's yeah. like, no one yeah. else you could imagine doing that and I like the tone that the movie has. It, it has like uh the movie or the t- of the show. I mean I'm sorry the show. Okay cuz I don't think it's going to be <laughs> Yeah. 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 Hey, General yeah, so the... General's low key looking forward to um Loki. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's the comedy show guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chachi, you sent me this. I don't know if I'm if I should read it because I, it's it's a rumor. But the Mandalorian has uh, supposedly there's a rumor that Ray Daisy Ridley would be appearing, but the timelines aren't consistent. I don't know how they're going to pull no. that off. The only way they're going to put that pull that off is, is if they have a time jump. Well. They, I mean, is it actually going to be Daisy Ridley? It could be like a little kid playing Ray. It could, you know what? They, Katie, uh, Kaylee Fleming, who is um, Grimes, uh, what's a Rick Grimes' daughter, mm-hmm. Judith Grimes on Walking Dead, played young Ray. Yeah. In um, Rise of Skywalker, and I believe the second film as well. Um, and yeah, I guess it could very well. They could bring her and set it in the timeline because, yeah, she, that that's like roughly twenty years, right? Yeah. Prior to the events of um, of the Force Awakens, which is the first film, right? And the other thing you could actually think of is the fact that, um, well, I mean, all of the characters in Star Wars are aliens, so they don't necessarily age in the same rate that you would think humans would. Right. Yeah, but it seems all the humans in the Star Wars lore do age like humans on Earth, don't they? Do yeah. they? Like, did they ever actually? Like, I would say so, except for Palpatine. Palpatine has has exceeded the typical human lifespan when he became the big evil Sith Lord in Rise of Skywalker. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you saw like um, Obi Wan and how old he was in A New Hope. Um, yeah, that is true. That is it seems true. like it's around the same. And he went from being Ewan McGregor to Sir Alec Guinness in like the span of what seventeen years, right? (laughs) You got to blame that on the Tatooine sun. Okay, there's there's two suns and ages his skin twice as fast. He ages twice as fast. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's very brilliant. I like that. I do it. I mean, it's like 400. The article did hint that Ray and Baby Yoda are destined to meet up at some point down the line. Well, no one's um, really asking for that. People, I think people are kind of done with, with the new trilogy. They just want to like focus on the series, you know, maybe like see like some, some more of the um, original characters. I'm all, I'm all for that as well. Yeah, like no one's really like like oh we but, need to see more of um. But I do love Ray Skywalker. People from I, the Last I do, Jedi. I do like her character. I would love to see it in another film. Just maybe yeah. not the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, unless the Mandalorian goes on forever, but I, you're, I can't. You're not looking for more Hux. General Hux. Well, he died in Rise of Skywalker. Oh yeah, he did die, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so we can't see more of him. Um, so over on HBO and HBO Max, we got the House of the Dragons prequel that we talked about in the show. Um, they just um, announced that Graham McTavish from Outlander and The Hobbit, uh, he had confirmed that he is going. Oh, he was in Preacher too. Yeah. Okay. Very very good. Graham McTavish. Yeah. Played, yeah. He was. He cool. said he's having a lot of fun on set, and it's a very big project. We're getting to know each other, the lovely people, blah, 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 um, you know, without telling us about the uh, the series. But um, it's going to be it's going to be great. I mean, I think it's in good hands. So as long as they don't, like I said, six prequels or spinoffs of Game of Thrones, a little bit too much Let's just stick <laughs> to this one and get it good, you know, yeah. you know, before we work on the other ones. Except the animated one. I think the animated one can go concurrently with um, the live action one, but it's just it's a lot, man, a lot. But I'm looking forward to this, guys. As you know, uh, as Baltimore is the city of The Wire, um, allegedly one of the best shows ever. Some people have said. David Simon, the creator of The Wire, is bringing a miniseries to Baltimore called We Own This City. and John Bernthal, the Punisher himself, Shane from The Walking Dead, will be leading the cast, which is pretty awesome. He will be in Baltimore, guys. Um, Josh Charles, who's a Baltimore guy himself, he actually went to high school with Cokie. Josh Charles will be um, in the series. And Jamie um, Hector. Cokie's um, close friend, like um, Tupac? Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and Jamie Hector, who's also on The Wire, mm-hmm. uh, will also be... Um, leading the cast of that this will be a mini series um sadly it won't be a a continuing series but it's based on the book by the same name by baltimore sun reporter justin fenton called we own the city chronicling the rise and fall of baltimore police department's gun trace task force Mm -hmm. and the corruption and the moral collapse that befell an american city in which the policies of drug prohibition and mass arrests were championed at the expense of actual police work. That is, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm Should really, be good, right? Yeah, yeah. The Jamie Hector is playing Sean Souter. I don't know if you guys remember in the news, like. So you're familiar with the story of the the Baltimore Oh yeah, yeah. Trace task force. Yeah, like you remember that? I don't know if you guys remember. There was this like really really screwed up story about this police officer who was found dead like the um the day before he was supposed to uh, supposed to give all sorts of information about the gun trace task force. And oh yeah. 
and they like they 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 ruled it a suicide and nothing ever happened right yeah nothing yeah. ever happened that's Never jamie that. hector is playing that character playing okay. that cop. and uh wow okay. you, think, you think this is going to reopen like some of that investigation Let's hope so. I mean, yeah. well, like, just about everyone involved with the gun trace... I mean, here's spoiler alert. Just about everyone involved with the gun trace task force <laughs> is in prison now. But right. it's, like... Uh, so that makes sense. If the characters go to jail, then you can't really have a, a second season, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to go fantasy route, which I, yeah. they, right. should, they shouldn't go. But I'm looking well, forward to it. They'll bring out um, person, like, the A-team. And more importantly, there'll be work for the DMV-based actors. Yes, yes. I may or may not have uh, submitted for my audition for that. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, also on HBO, very underrated show that I'm finally watching on HBO is The Righteous Gemstones. Um, a lot of people watched Eastbound and Down. They loved it, but they didn't watch Righteous Gemstones. you got to watch. Dude, it's so effing good. I can't. I finally, like, I think I'm midway through. But um, they just added some new cast members for the upcoming season two. Eric Roberts, guys, BTV oh, wow. uh, guest, will be joining the cast. Jason Swartman and Eric Andre. Yeah, he was a great guest on BTV, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, but that's going to be great. Um, I'm really looking forward because um, Gemstone season one came out in 2019. So it's been a couple of years due to COVID. They had to delay production. But um, look for season two to come out later this year. Um, General, you'll be excited to know that HBO Max and Cartoon Network, along with J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves, will be uh, directing a live-action animated Batman series. <laughs> what do you think? Action animated Batman series? What's that mean? Animated Batman series, yes. You said live-action? You said live-action before that. Yeah, live-action animated? Oh, shit. I completely fucked this up. Let me read this over. Okay. <laughs> A new animated Batman series is coming to HBO Max from the minds of J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves. Of course, they're both going to be involved with the live-action version, but they're actually going to do an animated version. Oh, okay. Okay. There you go. Okay. That makes yes. sense. Yes, thank you. I thought it was like one of those kind of like Roger Rabbit deals. Yeah. <laughs> you get the live-action and animation together. Well, I think that, I that or if they do a live-action version of the uh, the '90s animate Batman animated series, yeah, which I still maintain the '90s. That's one of, that's one of the best animated. Yeah, um, that is like one of the right? most perfect distillations of Batman. Like and that, that was the birth of media. Harley Quinn. Yeah, that, that exactly. Harley Quinn yeah. Started. I could yeah. I could totally go for that. Something totally stylized where it has it's a stylized actually stylized very list. much like the animated series. Yeah. It's called Batman Cape Crusader. So straight to series order. And they're not just going with they're not just stopping with Batman. They're actually gonna do My Adventures with Superman. Um a two season order of a Superman animated series, which I don't think there has been one in a while, has there? Um with uh, Jack Quaid from The Boys, who <laughs> plays Hugh. Um, he will be voicing Superman. Sweet. So, that should be pretty cool. Also in HBO Max, we're going to see the Friends reunion uh, on May 27th. Uh, they just dropped a trailer. So if you're a fan of Friends, I'm sure you'll be happy to know it's finally coming out. Um so is that, is that six cast members be, 
is that reunion going to be like an actual like narrative or is it just them all getting together? Just getting together. Be, yeah, just like the, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion. It's just yeah. going to be talking about the time. It's not like an episode of the show. They're going to be sitting in the same set, I believe, just to give you that friends feel. Apparently, they're also playing a trivia game together. They sit down for a game of trivia. Um, and, you know, you'll have some of the aspects of the the episodes in there, but it won't be scripted. Okay. It'll be scripted if that's what you're looking for. Um, but, you know, hey. Um, I don't know if you saw Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee, but him and Lily James... Uh, had posted photos of them. And, you know, at first, when they first announced this casting, I wasn't convinced. But then after seeing the photos of Winter Soldier as Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee and Lily James, who's British, as not really platinum blonde, but after seeing her in her makeup, yeah. I was kind of blown away. I don't know if you guys seen the photos. Yeah, have you seen the one of Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen's also in the... Uh, the Tommy yeah. Lee and Pam. Um, yeah. Have you seen what he looks like in that? What character is he? Is mm-hmm. Seth Rogen playing? He plays the guy who sells the sex tape. I don't. Oh, know he does character. really. Yeah. <laughs> and um, like, have like he posted a picture of himself on the set there, and he looks completely unrecognizable. Like he shaved off his beard and has long hair. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Seth Rogen looks, has a completely different look. Yeah. Really? Okay, interesting. But yeah, you could check out photos that they posted from set hmm. um, of uh, Pam and Tommy, Hulu's yeah. upcoming series. There's going to be a lot of stuff blown away on there, Al. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so are they actually going to show penetration on this movie or not? <laughs> it's a comedy show. Uh, it's a comedy? Uh, you know, I don't think so, man. I don't, it's Hulu, man. It's not... You know. They don't show penetration on Hulu, I guess? I don't think they do. How, do they show okay. penetration? I don't think so. <laughs> Anna, do you, do you know? <laughs> they show you penetration on Hulu. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, she's okay. saying, saying no. And, she's, yeah. and she looked. And Courtney Love, actually, um, who's a good friend of Pam Anderson, is not happy about this biopic because she said it's such a traumatic time in Pam's life. You know? Um, well, it basically destroyed, she, basically destroyed her life. Is what Courtney Love is saying. Well, did she have to sign off on the movie? Is court so? Is there an actress playing Courtney Love? I guess she has. No, to. no, no. I mean, uh, who are you saying? Are you saying that she's um, upset for for Pamela Anderson? Yeah, she feels bad for Pam Anderson. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, but you're saying it? Pam Anderson signed off for this movie to be made. What does she have? To, if it's based on her. You know, that's a good question. It doesn't necessarily have to be. I mean, right. okay. it's like it could be an unauthorized. It's the same thing as like, um, I mean, there have been lots of movies about celebrities and historical events where which are not flattering to the to the subject, which I'm pretty sure they didn't sign off on. So, okay. but, but I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. It looks like it would be a lot of fun. That was you a know? good tape. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I've just, so I've heard. I've heard. Because Winter Soldier, he's so clean cut. You know, you don't see like Tommy Lee. I mean, just this. Yeah, I'm curious to see him at that role. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to show his range, you know. So. Yeah, um, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the original sex tape right there. That's that's what started it all, I think. And then that Kim was, and Kanye, yeah, was... not Kim and Kanye, Kim and whoever she was. Ray J. Ray J. Yeah. And then Paris Hilton, and then it just kind yeah. of went on from there, yeah. Paris Hilton was boring, so I've heard. But um, I've heard that Pamela Anderson's one was, like, um, a lot better. Heard? Heard? Or you haven't I've seen heard. 
I've heard okay. things. You've yeah. heard, okay. Yeah. You're a gentleman, right? We don't like I got my ear on the pulse of, of society, of the, the 1990s pulse. <laughs> so you Yes! Let's, let's put hey. that on hold, guys. Yeah, man. We're uh, happy to welcome to Below the Belt Show. He's been a recurring guest for years on BTB. And then all of a sudden, we see him on our favorite, at the time, YouTube premium show, now Netflix show, Cobra Kai, uh, who plays Louie, because of Louie. Uh, we have to welcome him back on BTB, guys. Hey, can you Brett, hear me? Hey, Brett, can you hear? Hear? We can hear you. Can you hear us okay? Yeah, 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 I can hear you. Brad, good to have you on BTB, man. It's been a minute. Yeah, no, nah, man. I didn't know we were going right in. I was, I would have had my mic ready for you. Hey, okay. Hop right on there, yeah. We Problem can, uh, we can, we can uh, give it a minute to get that mic all yeah. set up. Hold on. I'm st- sure thing, man. I don't want to. There's a wrong hole joke here, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> no, please. We love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no. Hey, Brett. There's no cancel culture in our show. Yeah, <laughs> you can say what. <laughs> Yeah, we love wrong holes on the show. <laughs> is this better? Does this sound what? better? Not yet. I think it's about the same, actually. All right, then never mind. Okay, keep going. Keep How's going. it going? Yeah, good, yeah, good, good. Good to have you, Brett, man. Uh, it's been a minute, man. Thanks for uh, the, filling our uh, guest hole uh, this week. Yeah. <laughs> I throw at, least it I got, at least I got that hole right. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, uh, I, uh, let's, if we can, let's just, uh, before we get into everything Cobra Kai, because I know Chachi is a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of Cobra Kai. Oh, let's just know how you've been, man, because I know for, for stand-up comics, the, the, the pandemic hasn't been the greatest um, with, you know, live comedy shows not happening. Um, I know it's start, starting to pick up now, but how, how has it been, man? Plus, it's been a minute since we've had you on, so I'm sure you got a lot to fill us up on that. No, it's been uh, it's been good, man. Uh, you know, I, I was one of the guys. I just stayed out there. I didn't I didn't change. So I, I kept uh, I kept moving, man. Spent a lot of time in uh, in Florida, so that helped. You know. So you were gigging in Florida. Well, they they didn't you know they didn't give a shit about COVID there, man. Okay, so, <laughs> so you had so you had a lot of gigs in masks. Florida. They're not even wearing rubbers down there, let alone masks. <laughs> <laughs> There's no like social distancing or reduced capacities in those nightclubs. Uh, you know what? Yeah, it was, it was. But you know, it's I've been doing this a long time, and uh, you know, I'm trying to. Uh, we had to keep those clubs moving. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I look. I caught COVID. It wasn't, not, you know, it wasn't that bad for me. Yeah. And then you know, I got the antibodies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so likewise. But you yeah. know, we you you it, it was. It was past the point in the beginning where I'm like, okay, every we're all in. But then after like the year, you're like, come on, yeah. open up already. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And the CDC, you know, they ended up opening up some more. And now things are starting to move along. But I, I didn't stop moving forward, man. Oh, good. I kept getting up as much as possible. So. Yep, yep. Awesome, awesome. And, of course, um, it must have been exciting to be a part of um, Cobra Kai because – it's, it's such a huge hit on Netflix, and there was like that little show on YouTube Premium that that had that cult following that we championed from the beginning that, on the that show that we supported from the beginning, yes. and we were like, "You guys got to watch this show. You got to watch this People show." Like, oh, I can't. I don't have YouTube bread. I'm like, it's free. Just like sign up, use use Gmail, sign up for a free account, and just watch it. Yeah, but now I'm it's like, just become this phenomenon. Yeah. Um, yeah. People that thought, that man. watch 
people that watched the show knew how you know knew how good it was. But yes, we we we're still loyal to that small fan base that was with us from day one. Yeah, you know what great. I mean? Like there's a lot of uh, uh, Cobra Kai sites that were with us from day one that get carte blanche on things now. You know what I mean? Because they they okay, cool. they were on they were there since the YouTube red days. Yeah. But um, you know, it was a blessing that Netflix ended up taking it over because you know. Although the fans loved it, YouTube didn't really push it. And um, once Netflix took it and ran with it, that's that's when, you know, obviously everything happened. Um, so, you know, the people that are new to the party, um, you know, we love them too. But they just did – a lot of them didn't even know about it. Yeah, a bunch you of bandwagoners. No, so nah, they didn't know. Nobody nah, knew. People didn't know. I see people on my you Facebook I mean? always like, oh, there's this new show on um, – I just found called um, Cobra Kai. It's based on the Karate Kid. I'm like, I've been telling you about that on Facebook for three years. Like, yeah, no, nah, they, they, like <laughs> I said, man, the ones that were with us from day one yeah. were, you know, they're great. But the new ones, like a lot of them had no idea. And that was more YouTube's fault at the time because they didn't promote it. No, no. You know, they didn't right. promote it. And, um, you know, just a handful of nerds knew about it. <laughs> just yeah. yep. started, started, you know, tweeting it out. And then because, look, the, the nerds were hating it before it even came out, man. Yeah. Everybody shitting on it before they ever saw it. And then they ended yeah. up freaking loving it. Loving it. And, so many people, I mean, so many people have loved like, different properties growing up. And they always take it and they shit on it every single time. But Cobra Kai mm-hmm. is like one of the first. And I don't know how long that actually was like, we're going to take this and make it great. And make it actually complement um, Karate Kid, and actually like give more depth to the stories in Karate Kid, make the Karate Kid better. Like it's the and first it, time it does, I think it's been done. It does help too that you have comedy writers involved. You know, um, you have uh, you have some you know good talented people behind it. You know, the guys that uh, did the Hot Showrunners are awesome. Yeah, they did Hot Tub Time Machine and Harold and Kumar, and then yes. Will Smith executive produces it, his company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're actually fans of the um, original series. I mean, that's the best yeah. part because so many people yeah. are just like, I'll take this um, property and just make money off of it, and I don't care how good or bad it is. People are going to see it no matter what because they know the original property. But these guys are really protective. I heard over the um, what they're doing to like you know go with the original series. Absolutely. They also, um, you know, uh, Ralph and um, and and uh, Billy are are William Zapko. Uh, they're executive producers as well, so their input is always in. And you know, and, and you know, the guys are the 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 showrunners are big fans of the show. I mean, it was like a dream of theirs to do this. It was a passion project, and it's kind of like the guy that made the Oasis and Ready Player One. Yeah, you know, yeah. like <laughs> he was just all he was all in on the '80s. That's when he grew up, and it's yeah. the same thing with these yeah. guys. Yeah, I love. I it. mean, you can tell, and from top to bottom, the other thing that's great is everybody on the set is just. I mean, I've been on a lot of sets without saying names, but right. every once in a while you'll have that weak link or that person, that ego that, you yeah. know, it, it, it becomes like, oh, they're here. Everybody's got to walk on eggshells or, I mean, from top to bottom, soup to nuts, from the grips to the, the camera people to the makeup people. I mean, everybody is just, it's just the cool, it's one of the coolest sets I've ever worked on. I ever. love it. Can we talk about your audition process or was it one of those roles that was offered to you? Well, well, uh, John Hurwitz had a crush on me from day one. So I, I had to <laughs> go to, the and I, I'm a really good dancer. So I had to dance for him. No, uh, uh, they, 
they just, uh, you know, they, they both knew they needed a con- like kind of a comedic relief. And yeah. I don't, I, I was, they asked me to come in. Good news was I was doing a theater in Jersey all week. So when I got off the plane, I went right to the audition. I had my uh, Seaside Heights JV's, uh, JR's Bar and Grill shirt on and Maruka's Pizza. Nice. Walked right in. Um, the accent was real because I was with my family and friends all week. Yes. And, you know, I kind of just breezed through it. But the crazy part is because I was busy promoting the show that I was doing in Asbury Park that week that I didn't really look at the sides until I got on the plane. And then reading them, I was like discovering it as I was reading it because my agent just was like, yo, they're doing this Internet show for the karate kid, but it pays. So if you want to do it, and I'm like, yeah, if it pays, I'm in. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm reading it, and I'm like, wait a minute, are these really Ralph and 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 Billy Zapka? And then I saw the credits. I'm like, get the get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. And I was reading it some more. I'm like, why is this just for YouTube? Yeah. And then when I right. got there, I it was their new premium service that they were starting, and then. It just everything became a discovery to to the point where me and um Dan who plays uh, a dude who plays uh, Anoush, we when we got our first day on set our first scene was when they squared off and they hadn't been on camera together since the Karate Kid and I'm looking at eight year old Dan and Dan's looking at ten year old Brett and we're just sitting there going <laughs> what the fuck? this is surreal right right <laughs> and it happened just like this. Did it was really have, cool. I mean, did you have man, that cousin-like vibe with um, Ralph Macchio? Did you? Was it almost well, like I met Ralph? Like- I met Ralph years ago doing Beer League. I worked on a couple of days on Beer League, and he was in that. And then, oh, yes. you know, uh, Ralph's just one. I mean, he's really easygoing dude, man, and really funny guy. Like he he kicks it, you know, and and uh, he, I, yeah, I mean, we, he we Craig hit it kicks off. It. Well, hey, Crane kicks it. No, he, he, can hang, he can hang out, man. He's a good dude. And then, you know, I've I met Billy a couple of times at the Improv because he was friends with a bunch of comedians nice. years back. He's hilarious too, man. Like his improvs kill me, bro. They, they, I, I really can't just say it, man. I hate saying this because it always sounds like this. You know, when people – I am 100% telling you the truth on my father, brother's grave that this is one of the best guys I've ever – everybody's just cool man like man, ralph so kicks rad. it like he's, he's hilarious uh we all have a good time you know oh it is it's so much fun dude do they allow any ad lib with some of your uh your script yeah, or sure. they do yeah. they use a lot of it actually because oh, nice. you know they give you what the information you got to give and we take the takes that we need and then you know i would say about 60 percent of the ad libs are in there Oh, wow. But that's, that's what they want us to do, though. They want you to have fun. Like the Ghostbusters line, the Blade line, like that kind of stuff I improvised. And, you know, we, we, uh, they love it. They're like, yeah, now give us, give us what you want, you know. And me and Dan are both stand ups. So, you know, we have fun with it. Oh, that's brilliant, man. Yeah, your, your character was conspicuous by his absence in season two, but came back in season three. Was there a reason why you didn't come back in season two? Yeah, well, I meant, I was uh, in trouble for burning the car and everything, but in reality, <laughs> I don't think the budget allowed it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. 
<laughs> so we're just going to go with the answer that, uh, you know, I was in trouble because of what I did in season one. Okay. <laughs> but then I came back in season three and, you know, I'm back a little bit in season four as well. Picked up where you left off. I'm glad to hear that you're back from season four. I know you, you can't say much about season four, but can, can you allude to anything about season four? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a sister and uh, I I'll, I'll give you that. Oh, oh cool. really? Oh, interesting. Okay. Can't so tell you who. Another cousin Larusso in the mix. That's that's yeah. pretty cool. Can't yeah. tell you who. No. How is oh, Terry? How's Terry Silver on set? I, I you know what honestly I I don't know. I'm kidding. I, I've, <laughs> I haven't I haven't uh I only got to two episodes I'm in really. Okay. Okay. You know or four or five whatever it is. You get to interact a lot with the younger cast. I know most of your stuff was with Daniel and a little yeah, bit with yeah. Tanner Buchanan, but I um, mean, I work with uh, you know Mary because that's my co- you know I'm I'm her I'm always with the family. Yeah. And then, sure. you know, and then her brother, and then I was breaking what's his name's balls in season one, Johnny's son. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I'm I'm so surprised how good the young cast is because normally like I hate any of the kids or anything in these um, series that they re- reboot, you know, like, I, I, mean, I don't want to see the kids. I want to see the original people, but they do a great job of balancing the original people and the kids and actually bringing the kids up and giving them great characters like Hawk and stuff. And like, um, it's just good to see that they are perfect at, at balance, the balance, you know, always do balance. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good how they do it. Yeah. Very, very cool, man. But I, um, if I, Listen, even if I had spoilers, I wouldn't tell you, but I, course, I really don't, I really don't oh, know no. a lot. I don't really don't know a lot about the storylines sometimes because, you know, there's only uh, I'm more in the personal life, if that makes sense. I'm not involved with the kids or anything. Right. Yeah. You know, right. except, you know, I just I just always at the dealership or, you know, with the family or whatever it may be. Now, would you like to join um, Miyagi-Do? And maybe oh, like, that's a good question. Some karate moves. Yeah. Um, I'm, listen, I'm loyal to Miyagi Do because yeah. it's my cousin. But if I had to choose one, I'm Eagle Fang. Maybe I Eagle don't know. Eagle Fang. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if tasked with doing a lot of the martial arts, would you be up for the task, or would you rather have your stunt double take most of it? No, I've I've, I've trained, man. So I'd be up for oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You've done some MMA, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, not MMA. Jiu-jitsu. No jiu-jitsu. Krav Maga. I okay. boxed. And then I um, did a little, like, obviously everybody starts at Taekwondo when you're a kid. And then I did a right. little tank school. And then, um, but mostly Krav and boxing. Nice. Nice. Well, well, we'll hope to see some of the Cousin Louie, you know, throwing down, man. We'll see. We'll see, man. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I, I shoot everybody at the end. Everybody <laughs> dies. So. And I'm the only one. I'm the only one standing. Thanks a lot. And then it. And then there's a spinoff to the Highlander, and then then cousin Louie is like <laughs> <laughs> the only one standing. Oh man. Where's that when, now, man? Are you the cousin of the Karate Kid? Say what, buddy? I said you were thinking as a kid that one day you're going to be like the cousin of the Karate Kid. Yeah, man. It's got, I, well, it's got to be surreal sometimes. What's weird is you know I was a little kid watching too, and and. You know, that's my father that's dying in, in, in the beginning of Karate Kid 2. That, that's Louis LaRusso Sr. Remember, oh, she's, she's at the bed with him? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're asking where most of uh, uh, most of us are on the East Coast. You know, uh, Maryland representing um, Anna B. She's joining us from West Virginia. Yeah. What part is? Uh, Falling Waters. How close is that to Charleston or Huntington? That's like about an hour. From Charleston or both? Uh, from Charleston. Yeah, I lived there when I was a kid. Oh, you did? Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're Santa familiar with Harper's Ferry then? Of course. I know yeah. of it, you know? Yeah. I thought I detected a, a West Virginia accent on you. Kid man, I was there when I was a little because we grew. I was born in Jersey and lived there. I moved around a little bit and then went right. to middle school back in New Jersey. But I had a little bit of a twang. <laughs> wow! <laughs> like we had a priest. His name was Father Twill, and I used to call him Father Twill because <laughs> I heard everybody else say Twill. Right, right. Twill. Twill. But yeah, no, I had a little bit of a of a a little bit for a little while. I still say y'all, man. Okay. Yeah, I say y'all, but from Texas because I—that's where I grew up, from Texas. I oh really? What part? Um, uh, it was like an hour from Dallas, so I don't know if you're familiar with Princeton. It's a I'm small little town. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> the poster too behind, behind you. Them. Yep. There it is. I, have a <laughs> I do a Cowboys podcast uh, oh, on how, the Dallas Nation, blogging yeah. the boys. Of course, <laughs> of course, man. Well, um. You know what, last it's been a minute since we had you on, Brett, but now that something that's kind of been a challenge for a lot of comics is uh the whole cancel culture thing. I was wondering if you can give your perspective of that because I don't think cancel culture existed last time we had you on the show. Everything was pretty much you say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> no, it and was lot, there. It's, always, it's it been around there. for like it's been around for like a decade, man. Okay. It, it don't bother me at all, man. I mean, you know, look. Yeah. I, what what uh, people have a right to be mad at whatever they want to. I just get mad at our business for listening. You know what I right, mean? It's right. past the point of ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's it's not right. about equality anymore to them. It's about I don't know what it is. They're like bullies, man. Bullying, you know? Yeah. Yep. They are. They're they're crazy. They're crazy people. I I don't even give them much credence. I mean, it's like Burr said too. It's not real. I mean, it's well, all right. So I I piss off a bunch of uh uh lefties or righties for whatever i say on stage it's still right. a small percentage that that you know get involved or try and comment on you most people are normal i never respond you're man. right just, most people just, are normal but I, it I takes up 90 percent 90 percent yeah yeah if you but, can offend easily then why come to a comedy club well it's funny because like you know it it's one thing for like if you're saying something really hateful, but like they go after everything. I mean everything. Bill Burr's white girl monologue, they were pissed about that. I mean, just <laughs> just shut the just shut up. My right. don't right. it's comedy. It ain't for you. You know, and they're gonna keep going as far as far as they can until nobody listens to them anymore, which I think people are tuning them out at this point. Yeah, and that's why I enjoy Cobra Kai because like they kind of push the limit and like yes. even like even like Johnny's yes. character, he'll say stuff that he'll say some misogynistic stuff, PC yeah, or whatever. But like, yeah. well, I mean, is it is it advocate? There's a difference between advocating something and exactly. a character being that way. Right, right. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, if you're gonna write, I mean, how would you? How else would you write it? I mean, so every every show every has to have an evil white male, and that's right. it. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, that's the only yeah. one that we go for. Let's forget about all the slavery in China and Asia and the Middle East and Africa and all of their sins in the world. Let's just focus on a white male. I mean, after a while, it becomes hacky. Like from a creative aspect, it's hacky to me. Right. You know what I mean? It, it is. It's safe. It's like Italians. We're still the only ones that are the criminals. I mean, right. <laughs> I mean you did, they're doing movies about World War II. You don't even see one Japanese person now. You know what I mean? It's always the Nazis that are like, hey, there's other groups we fought. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's to the point of ridiculousness. I mean, to me, the insanity of when Gal Gadot – this is how far – and they don't even care about anything. When right. Gal Gadot was asked to play Cleopatra, yep. yes, yes. the woke – and they're all white people, by the way. Yeah. The, the woke left white got mad and called it whitewashing, even though – even though uh, – Gal Gadot is Middle Eastern, but hey guys, uh, Cleopatra was Greek. She wasn't even Egyptian. So, right. at what point does facts come into play or history that we're gonna yeah. just? Keep, I mean, it's it, it, just think of that ridiculous scenario. It, it is absolutely ridiculous. What about um a lot of um animated characters? They 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 have to be true to the race, like Apu from The Simpsons and. Uh, um, if you're and um, um, and now you get Family Guy, Mike Henry from Family Guy, no longer be able to voice Cleveland. Um, I mean, is it okay for them to do uh, Italians? You know, because they're not Italian. It's right? it's it's a talent. It's it, a talent. It's, yeah, thank you. I agree. Yeah, and Bart Simpson's uh, voiced by a woman. Right. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't they understand? It's it's actually this is why I love sports so much. Because nobody's ever advocating we need more Asian running backs. Or, <laughs> <laughs> it is yep. just a topic. We need a woman, a woman yeah, on the team. We need a transgender Muslim male uh, receiver to represent. You know what I mean? It's it's right. because it's just a meritocracy. And, and, and what bothers me is that they really don't respect talent if they think anybody can do it. And it's it's also the ridiculousness. It's just all ridiculous. And and at what point are they going to stop listening? I think is when it starts hurting their pockets. You know, I mean, just like if I'm doing a southern accent or I'm speaking British or so right. at what? But because it's still European, then it's okay. It's okay, right? No, it's like I said when I was in the Middle East, and people came up to me and they said "Assalamu alaikum." I didn't go. I'm fucking Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Salam Salaikum. I know they're telling me God bless, you know. Yeah, it's like, like it's an yeah. Not to mention I look Middle Eastern. It's an honest mistake. It's you know, it was a you enjoy other people's cultures and I don't know how the hell we got here, but I, I do see the pendulum swinging back to normal, so Yeah. I, I don't know what it will so. take to swing back to normal, but let's uh I think just people will be just. I didn't take the mantle from Kevin Spacey or Johnny Depp or DiCaprio, all these great actors. Don't get me wrong. I love acting. But I'm taking the mantle from Patrice, from Carlin. I'm a comedian. And I'm going to say whatever the hell I want to say about whoever the fuck I want to say it about and how I want to say it. Right. And if you don't want to go, then don't buy a ticket. Right. 
and by the way, I get I get pushback from from both sides. I'm a pretty middle of the road guy. I mean, I would say if I leaned anywhere, I I would agree with most of what the progressives say. I just don't like progressives. I'm like an old school liberal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where like, you know, they they're pushing it. And what I'm finding is the conservatives are becoming way more moderate because those weren't the conservatives. The conservatives I grew up with were awful. You know what I mean? Like the Republicans <laughs> were awful that I grew up with. Right. But but the Democratic Party represented the the factory workers, the union guys, the you know the the lower uh, the lower middle class folk, which now I find the left is dividing. You know what I mean? Like that that's who's doing all the racial division is the left right now. It won't stop. It's getting to the point to where uh, even as a poor white male who grew up in a single family household in an urban setting right. is I'm now being told. Well, I, I'm I'm not being told anything. They're advocating this. Not to me specifically, but it's gotten past the point of of ridiculous. And like I said, man, uh, nobody's listening. Not a lot. Of comics have just stopped. they they've abused. Here's the funny thing: they've abused their power, and they never really even had power. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, like I, you I have- see the character of there. You could tell their character mm-hmm. by how they react, and they're not even in full power, and they're they're demanding and being. I mean, it's insanity. I mean, you're talking about, and Bill Burr said this the best. Okay. When we were in our 20s, and even as a kid, when I was in my younger years and watching stand-up comedy, the 20-somethings on stage, the Eddie Murphys, the Greg Giraldos, right? All the younger comics, what they said something on stage that made the 50-somethings in the audience go, I, I can't believe they said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's the 40 and 50 year olds making the 20 somethings go. I can't believe they said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. And and the universities are not a learning institution anymore. They've become this yeah. indoctrination of insanity that again when I started comedy 24 years ago, Jesus man, we used to love doing colleges. It was fun. People drank. You could push the envelope. You know, right. the professors got upset if you went too, too far with, like, sexual jokes. Mm-hmm. It was never really political unless you were making fun of, like, you know, Clinton getting blowjobs or, or George Bush. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but other than that, it was like a party, man. It was, it was like yes. Cobra Kai. Driving in the fucking fi- uh, the Firebird or whatever. Listening to rock and roll. <laughs> you had gangster hip-hop. Mid-90s was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And now – Nobody wants to do colleges. It's like a bunch of fucking yes. made uh, like I, it's the new religious right. Yeah. That's the only way I can describe them. They are the new religious right, but instead of being in their fifties and sixties, they're in their twenties, which is even more fucking weird. Yep, <laughs> and that's the majority of the council culture, as you're alluding to. No, it's it's actually the millennials are the biggest one. I, I'm I'm noticing a lot of the twenty somethings who grew up on podcasts. They're more underground comedy fans that want it. It's a good example would be the way Skankfest was in New York City compared to the other one in San Francisco. I can't think of the name of it, but the one in San Francisco was just you know Skankfest was like a rock show, man. And they were all twenty somethings that like listen to podcasts and and. Do that type of stuff and they love con- listen if you like real c- it, now if you're asking my personal opinion okay i'm not affected by it 
I wasn't white enough when white boys were in, and I'm not brown <laughs> enough when white boys are not in, so that doesn't affect me. Right. And, <laughs> no, for real. And the other, <laughs> I forgot the other point. Oh, and uh, I forgot the other thing I was gonna say. Whatever. You got me going. <laughs> yep. You got, I yep. do. I do want to point out that um, one thing. Bill Clinton did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any any guy that's married uh, <laughs> couldn't. Have, we're like, yeah, we'll take that excuse. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah, man. Talking, back in the nineties, you had a like, Howard Stern and like pushing the envelope every day. You had like wrestling that was always pushing the envelope. Everything's pushing the envelope, and like, you know, it was all college kids trying to push the envelope. Yeah. Totally and you know what, well, it's, it's, I should have reached yeah. out about your show in Arlington. Yeah, you should have came through. It was great, man. You know, I just realized you had a show locally. You're you're on this leg of the – are you still East Coast right now or are you back West? I, I live in Vegas now, man. I picked up a residency at the uh, at the L.A. Comedy Club. I got divorced in the beginning of the year, got oh, out of sorry. Ohio, and then – no, nah, don't hmm. say it. It's fine. Trust me. Okay. Then, <laughs> I mean I got – I just bought a nice place in in uh, in Vegas in in the Summerlin area, and it's just I love this town, man. I always wanted to live here too. Awesome! Congrats on the residency, man. That's awesome. Yeah, man. yeah it's I'm, damn. I, gotta, I wish I knew about your freaking show before. I know, uh, I know. Now I'm like, damn. <laughs> but I'll make sure we got to check out all your tour dates on Brennerns.com. I still wish that like Carlin and Patrice and and, you know, like all of these great comedic minds were, were alive right now just to lay into this bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I see I see Chappelle doing it a lot. Like he, Chappelle, he, Bill Burr. Bill Burr does. Yeah. Rogan talks about it. I mean, look. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. Yourself. Like I said, you can't – I mean, they're like bullies. I, I The more I think about it, like, you know, they, they gang up on people and, and, you know, even nice people, like people that are good people. Everything comes from a good place. I mean, or, or, you know, it's not like people are advocating all these awful things on humanity. You know, it's, it's just, it's just more of like a bunch of hurt nerds. Yep. It's like Revenge of the Nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Revenge of the Snowflakes, man. Well, Brett, man, we appreciate you, man. Snowflakes too, though. I'll tell you that a lot of those right wing, same way. It, it's you know, both sides, man. But I don't see them dividing everybody through race all the time. Like even people that are – it's weird with the left. They eat themselves alive. Like they even go after people that agree with them. It's just a bunch of toxic little angry rich kids that have – most of them have never, you know, been through shit in their life. Right. You know, you can't. But anyways. Anyways, that's guys. So, BrettComedy.com is the yeah. uh, official website for Brett Ernst. Uh, check out all your tour dates, of course. Uh, Brett Ernst on um, on um, Instagram. And uh, anything else you want to throw out there, Brett? Upcoming shit you want to throw out? No, that's it, man. I mean, I'll be in uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend. I'll be at Stand Up Live in Phoenix, Arizona for that weekend. And, uh, yeah, go to Brett Comedy. Brett with one T, comedy.com. I got my special out. I put out already. Um, I put that out. I got my new one I'm about to release, but this one um, is at, at like three and a half million views, so people can watch it for free now. Dope. Awesome. They want. 
Awesome. Well, Brett, for, for good old time. Tune in season four, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Yes. Yeah. Uh, before you go, Brett, do a little promo. Let us know who you are. You can throw out Louie from uh, Cobra Kai, and you're on Below the Belt show, and then throw out whatever you want at the end. You want me to do it now? Yeah. Hey, guys. This is Brett Ernst, a.k.a. your cousin Louie from Cobra Kai, and I am once again recurring on the Below the Belt show. I think this is my third or fourth time, so keep listening. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And it says, like, that season four should be released, like, fourth quarter of this year. They're looking at end of December, yeah. Mike, you don't talk much, or I just talk too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I got a little little bit distracted by some some personal things, but, yeah, I mean... hat cuz i was gonna wear that hat yeah well this is this is uh this is kind of my thing so every time that you're on the show i've heard this your third time you'll see me in this hat and because i, like I don't that. i don't have that he's also our producer he's making sure everything is <laughs> yeah. and he actually loves the castle culture he said <laughs> and he's also hey, anna, right. and anna what do you what, what are you are, are you a regular on the show now She's recurring. She's uh, I, I'm, she's formerly guest, now recurring. Yeah. That's great. When you want, was she yeah. on when I was on last time? I don't believe so, yeah. but no. You yeah. remembered. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So what was your podcast again? Uh, it's called Jersey Boys, uh, but it's it's Dallas Cowboy fan. It's on the uh, SB Nation blogging the boys network. We're uh, – you know, because we grew up in Jersey, but we're Dallas Cowboy fans. So there you go. <laughs> so we're called the Jer- Jersey Boys. <laughs> so it's for I, anybody that's a cow- Cowboys fan in enemy territory. <laughs> grew up in DC, a Cowboys fan, Philly, a Cowboys fan, Jersey, a Cowboys fan. If you were a Cowboys fan you, in enemy territory, you, how, podcast you become, how do you become a Cowboys fan growing up in Jersey? Um, well, because Jersey's in America. And I love God, and I hate terrorism. <laughs> no, if you really want to know, man, it's a little bit of a long story. Not, I'll, I'll abbreviate it. But yeah, sure. When I was a kid, you know, you guys know how. Are you guys anybody in, in your forties? I know Anna's not. <laughs> yeah. We're all in our twenties on this show. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I was younger, there was like five games always on TV, and one of them was the Cowboys. So. Oh, yeah. So my real game. my real father was always rooting for him, and then shit <clears throat> happens. They went their separate ways. My parents, so I'm like, okay, if my dad's a Cowboys fan, I'm a Cowboys fan. So I just studied him. I, I you know everything about him. Like it would be our thing. Like I call him up. I'd be like, oh. uh, hey dad, you know we just we just drafted um, Jim Jeffcoat. He's like, yeah, that's great. Put your mother on, right? So <laughs> when, <laughs> when we lost, this is a story. So when we lost to the Niners. The first time on the catch, I called him bawling my eyes out. And he's like, he's like, why are you always telling me about the Cowboys? He's like, I don't give a shit about Dallas. I'm a Giants fan. What? Well, I didn't know, but he always had money on the game. So he was like a degenerate gambler. So he was always rooting for Dallas because he had money on him. Oh, and then wow. I had put so much into the Cowboys. <laughs> I, I thought that would be our thing that I just stuck oh. with him. That's like that's like the exact opposite of all those tear jerker stories about how a uh, how a son and his father. Yeah, yeah. Not even. Team. 
<laughs> and it was weird because he was always saying, I wonder why this kid's always telling me about the cowboy. But I mean, like, the kid going, all right, let's go, Dallas. We need this. Come on. Ah, I love the you know, he's running around covering the spread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know Campbell. <laughs> that sounds that's like awesome. a plot twist. It does. It does. That's yeah, well, that's that's wild, man. I mean, I when I tell you I studied them, I could have told you everything. They were like superheroes to me as a kid. And then, you know, I played football throughout Little League, high school, and college, and i just okay. always been a Cowboys fan, Okay. you know? So this and, is uh, back, back in, like, the Aikman days? No, it's Danny White. Actually, uh, Roger Staubach days. But wow. I was a little kid when Staubach was playing because he retired in 79, 80, and then I was more Danny White era. You know, wow. I was a little kid in the 80s, so. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm 78, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I was 47 in 1962 with Don Merritt. <laughs> so you're gonna start talking about Roger? That's yeah, Roger. Link, see? Uh, <laughs> what was that, That's why I like your hat, kid. You got Moxie. <laughs> All right. Oh, let's, do a, let's do a quick snapshot before we oh, go. Oh yeah, a little quick snapshot photo op. Go ahead, three. Chucky. All right, one, two, three. Awesome. Chach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brett. Oh, All right, guys. Listen, Thanks, man. Dad. Thank you so much. Thanks for having yeah, Thanks thank for joining so us here on Below the Belt. Look Have a good night, Season Brett. four. Season four, Cobra Kai. Later, guys. Right, later. Okay, bye. 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 All right. That was awesome. That was Brett Ernst, guys. He's hilarious. Yes. This is uh, Brett's. First time on the virtual version of BTV. Of course, yeah. he's been um, a, fo- a phone-in on our studio. The virtual makes it so much better, doesn't it? Being able to see it in again. In some ways. Yeah, yeah, I miss all you motherfuckers, though. But, yeah, okay. I know, I know. But, like, but, but yeah, that was, that was a great twist on that um, on that cowboy story. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> let's take a classic cut break, um, but let's do the backstory a little quick because we might have Alabama joining sooner and later. So. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's Classic Cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi. Chachi. Alright, it's Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's Classic Cup, where each and every week I go into our vault. Like that's probably like three stories down below our, our former studio, and pick out a cassette tape for your listening pleasure. And this week I'm picking out one from this movie that's actually celebrating its 35th anniversary this week. Um, and that movie is Top Gun. Actually came out May 16th, 1986. Oh wow! So. Um, coming out so that means that part two is actually going to come out you know 35 years later that's right later on this fall but this is one of the biggest songs um from the movie that came out in 86 actually on june 15th and um it coincides with what's going on in maryland right now because in maryland um they just um they just took away the mask mandate um, for people, and um, some businesses you still got to wear them. But you in know, a lot of other states as well. Yeah, yeah. Overall, you don't have to in a lot of other states too, um, as per the CDC. Um, so the mask, um, you know, for a year and a half, kind of took our breath away 
as one would. And this song is actually okay. by in. the group Berlin, Take My Breath Away, from the movie Top Gun on its 35th anniversary. All right, we'll be back right after the classic cut. All right. All right, that was uh, "Take My Breath Away." Is that it? Yep. Oh no, that, Berlin. That's, yeah, that's I, it. No, okay. I'm thinking of the Police. It's not the Police. It's Berlin. Oh. yeah, that's a different. That's a completely different song by the Police. That's "Every Breath You Take." Yes, "Every Breath You Take" is a completely which was another one I was going to do tonight, but I decided to do Berlin to tie in with Top Gun. There you go. Brilliant, man. Frederick find a lot song that ties into what's going on in the world each week. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's uh, like you said, 35th anniversary kind of, uh, was just right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's start some more uh, entertainment stuff. I think we do have Alabama joining us. We have Anna B back with us, which is awesome. Of she's course, the general thing she's doing. General is, uh, fast to be late. Um, my cat dropped the, the stand. Oh, <laughs> Anna B's kitty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be kitty on the cam. <laughs> kitty cam. The kitty cam. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, presuming, uh, resuming rather with the um, television news, Kamel Nanjani. Interesting um, um, role here. Um, he's playing Salmon Steve Banjari who is Chippendale's founder. So if you didn't know, Chippendale's was with the, started... With, the, with the, the, the cartoon characters? No, Chippendale's not the cartoon characters, but the male strip uh, club. Oh, not the chipmunks, okay. Not the chipmunks, <laughs> the Chippendale's. Yeah, it's a different one, yeah. Mm. So apparently it's the true story of an Indian-American entrepreneur who started the Chippendale's uh, you know, male dance review, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Like are, they, the are they in good honor? Are they any good dance? Are, are they good dancers? The Chippendales? Have you uh, seen Chippendales? Uh, I've never been to a male strip club. Oh. Okay. <laughs> How are you, General? Are they good dancers? They always are, yes. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Good, good. And Kamil Nanjani, he's great. I mean, he was in the uh, that Stuber movie with Dave Batista. Of course, he's going to be in Eternals as well. So. Um, also, there's another Watergate series. They already have the White House Plumbers. They're, now they're going to have another one called Gaslit. Um, I don't know why they have to do two series on the Watergate scandal. Isn't it yeah. weird how like th- that normally happens a lot? Like, yeah. Uh, like, like, like think, for a while there, like there'll be like two volcano movies come out at the same time. Yeah, and, like, right. And, and I think two Lombada movies. That's the one I always remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember like Firefly uh, with the yeah. fire, the, fi- the fire festival. Yeah, this one's they called documentaries at once. You're right. Yeah, this is uh, Martha Mitchell, um, center on Martha Mitchell, the personality with a even bigger mouth. Yeah. Um, a celebrity Ar- Arkansas socialite and wife to President Nixon's loyal Attorney General John Mitchell, uh, and Betty Gilpin from Glow. 
be at this okay. point. Yeah, yeah. You assholes, you assholes have had like um like 50 years to uh, come out with this. You know, spread yeah. out, spread out a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, come at the same I know. Time. We're getting White House plumbers, and then this one's yeah. with Sean Penn, Julia Roberts, Dan Stevens, Betty Gilpin. Uh, Shia Wigham and Darby Camp have all been added uh, to the cast. So. Yeah, I I that, like there were a couple of um, DeLorean movies that came out around the same time. Yeah, that's like, DeLorean. Yeah, Tiger King. I think is having two. They're gonna have two um, scripted series. One with Nicolas Cage and one with another actor. Oh, yeah. really? Oh. Yeah, the one with Nicolas Cage um, is a different. Yeah, I think that might be a film, and then the one with Kate McKinnon and another actor playing Tiger King will be a series. I mean, the original series showed so much anyways. Like, I don't know why you need a scripted series. Cause how can you be any more outlandish than what the real right. series was? Because it was already almost, you'd think it was scripted already. Because right, exactly, right. crazy things that happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe could they show the tiger mauling, you know, with some CG? Yeah. You know? <laughs> That'd be crazy. Um, of course, we're getting American Horror Story Season 10. And also... The new series called American Horror Stories, plural. Mm. These will both drop this summer, and the the um, American Horror Stories um, series will drop on Hulu um, exclusively, FX on Hulu. Whereas American Horror Story will be on FX. Um, and they both come out this summer. Both come out this summer. Yeah. Yep. Space, yep. space them out. Like. I don't... Yeah, I I get it. Yeah, I I don't know why they want to. Just dump it all up, and yeah. Even though I, I'm a big fan of American Horror Story, I do think it's great. It, it was great, like the first few seasons. Yeah, but it, I think it's far from great now. Even even the '80s one, like it's like it, it started off with good intentions and it's actually intriguing, but then it's, it just goes off the rails. I think every season. Yeah. Like, like, like they don't know where to end. Let's see. So Rick and Morty creator Dan Harmon will have a couple new animated series. Um, one is um, a little groundbreaking. Apparently, it's going to be called Kropopolis, which is an animated comedy set in mythical ancient Greece. I believe we, we, we spoke about it before, but it's actually going to be the first ever animated series curated entirely on the blockchain and will mark the broadcast network's debut move into the NFT business. This is something I have to read up. I'm not really too familiar with NFTs. General, I think you're 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 pretty savvy on on the, this uh, new phenomenon of technology called NFTs, blockchain, and all that. Yeah, stuff. you want me to talk about it? Yeah, please. You know about it. Okay. So NFTs, like, how much how much do you guys know about like how like cryptocurrency and like crypto things work? Like, um. It's basically a digital replacement of of, of cash or, or some kind of currency. Okay, right? algorithm, right? Yeah. Okay. Based so on an this algorithm. Is, this is this is uh, okay. So what a blockchain is is it's this gigantic like virtual, almost like a um, uh, like a gigantic virtual library, and there's like little spots in a blockchain that um, are supposed to represent like things like uh it's it's this one thing and like every like for instance every bitcoin that you have represents one part of this gigantic blockchain or every uh nft you have represents one part of this this blockchain and the way that you you develop value for these kinds of things is what these computers have to do is they have to do what's called um proof of work 
And what that is, like, um, so it has to do, like, some kind of, like, little, like, you know, the computer itself is doing some kind of, like, little puzzle to prove that it's, like, working. And as these things go up in value, these, the, the, the computers that are creating them, you know, have to do, like, more and more complicated, um, you know, complicated computing to qualify for a part of this blockchain. And um, wow. so, I mean, and that's how, like, you know, that's that's how, like, Bitcoin mining works, and that's also how, like, these this NFT mining works. So, now, then, how, how could this be applied to uh, an animated TV show? Okay, so so yeah. what an NFT is is like, you know, because like stuff with like cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin or what's the other one, Doge Coin. I don't even know yeah. how to pronounce it. Doge yeah. or um, I think it's Doge Coin, isn't it? Doge? Is it Doge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's how you say it. Okay, so like an NFT, how that works is you take some kind of concept. It can be a picture. It could be like, um, it could be a work of art. It could be, um, hell, it could be like a phrase. Same way like you can copyright that. What you can do with that, if you own that and, you know, you have something that does that kind of work to put it into the blockchain it becomes like kind of like a proof of ownership for something that's digital, which uh, like, you know, you, it makes you like the, no matter how many copies there are out in the world, if you have the NFT, you have, you actually own, own it. Yeah. Own whatever it is. Okay. Yeah, like some actress recently like, sold like a nude picture of herself. Katie Cassidy from Arrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same like, thing. Nude where, where you owned it. So yeah. on a series, how could that translate? So yeah, what that know. what that means is like it's going to, I mean, because like the only purpose that NFTs exist for for existing is the same way that it is for like stuff like art, where like art like the the whole value of artwork is that it's scarce. It's scarce. Like mm-hmm. you know, there's only one painting. There can be prints of the painting, but there's only one real painting. So what Dan Harmon is doing with this is. It's not gonna. It's not gonna change the quality or whatever of of this show or anything. But what it means is, at the end, he's probably going to sell it and make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. And and like uh, that's that's literally the only thing that I can see. Like, yeah. The purpose well, for this NFT exists. So it just means when he sells it, that person will own it and can do what they wish with it. Exactly. There's okay. a little bit more. I'm just reading now. So the, um, so Fox will launch a dedicated dedicated marketplace for Kropopolis, which will curate and sell digital goods r- ranging from NFTs of one-of-a-kind character and background art and gifts, as oh, well as tokens okay. that provide exclusive social experiences to engage and reward superfans. Okay, so that, that makes more sense. It's almost becoming its own marketplace. And they're going to yes. like various stuff from the show. Yep. And yep. it's... Yeah, okay. That... that, that that could work. I don't know. There's a lot of controversy around stuff like, you know, because with like crypto, crypto is pretty much the only product that's actually designed to become, you know, just on the basis, like you got to use more and more like computer yeah. for it to work. Like it's designed to become more wasteful and harmful for the environment as it gets more valuable. Gotcha. And so like, uh, I don't know. There's it's, a, it's pretty. It's pretty fascinating. Um, yeah. I mean, it. it I, I feel that yeah, uh, digital artists need that. Photographers, 
digital artists, models. I mean, I guess absolutely makes that, kind of that, sense. And that's the one good thing about this is that like if you're like a if you're like a photographer, you make a picture, it becomes huge. Well, you know, this is the only way you're going to make any money off of it as it's being shared and traded or like copied and like becomes memes or whatever. Right. Interesting. So speaking of Rick and Morty, there's going to be a spinoff of Rick and Morty in addition to. Thank you, General. No yeah, worries. Thank you, General, for, for our lesson. Yeah. That makes up for me being called out for being quiet by breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were you usually a little more vocal. That's yeah, yeah. But he's such he's such a um animated uh, you know he's very talkative and, and and you know so I can understand that but yeah but that Kropopolis is not going to be related to Rick and Morty but there's going to be a show called Vindicators which will be oh the the superheroes I remember yeah that. Supernova Vance Maximus Alan Rails. Krokubot and Noob Noob as they fight fight crime, avert genocides, and yuck it up with Rick and Morty. So it's going to be a spinoff, and um, that's pretty exciting because uh, are they going to have uh, like do they have anything about the cast in there? Because I remember Christian Slater was one of the voices of one of the uh, one of the Vindicators. I don't remember which one. Um, you know what? Um, they're just they're just uh, revealing the um the production team. Of course, is Justin Roiland and um. Dan Harmon, but also Erica Rosby and Sarah Carbonier. But um, as far as voice actors, I don't think they've. This might be still in the, you know, early stages. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Over on uh, CBS. Wow, network TV. <laughs> Evil's <laughs> actually uh, become a big hit. They're actually going to move it to the Paramount Network. Um. Evil uh, initially on CBS. But became um, a hit, like a cult hit, I guess, so to speak. Um, along with SEAL Team and Clarice, initially on CBS, will now move to the streaming service at Paramount. So, so what is Evil about? Evil is um, it, it has a supernatural element to it, and it stars um, Luke Cage himself. Oh, Michael okay. Coulter. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think that's his new series. Um. I think it's just it's a procedural on supernatural cases. Oh, so it's well, that's kind of like supernatural. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you believe there's an NCIS Hawaii now? Um, Vanessa Lachey will be uh, leading that cast, and um, Noah Mills, who had a role in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know- you know what's funny with those, with those NCIS shows? I mean, those NCIS shows were like, super popular with the baby boomers. They're super popular. They they have like viewer numbers, like you know. Yeah, my, my parents love them. Yeah, yeah baby, baby boomers love. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, NCIS. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I bet you, I bet you, at least three times as many people watch NCIS than watch like Breaking Bad, for example, or Better Call Saul. No, it's or, a gen- yeah. it's a demographic though. It's a much yeah. older demographic loves those shows. That's why because, I'm always really careful how I talk to my parents because they can they can kill me and dispose of my body and know what to do. <laughs> so yeah. like, I don't I don't trust them anymore because they watch all this shit. I I watch the I watch a lot of true crime too. Oh, <laughs> you watch true crime, but do you watch the procedurals like the NCIS, yeah. Law and Order SVU? Uh, yes, Law and Order SVU, NCIS. FBI. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know how to get away with murder, too. Oh, <laughs> shit. Right. Look out. Yeah. Hell, half no fury like an Anna B. Scorns. 
<laughs> All right, Chachi, I know you're excited about the Wonder Years uh, reboot trailer just dropped. Um, your thoughts? They use they're using the same theme song. Same. It, it sounded like a different singer. It didn't sound like Joe uh, Joe Cocker though. Right. It's also say, set in the late '60s, but it will look now look at a black middle class family in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, and Fred Savage is involved in a producer role. So you know what's you know what's really frightening when you think about it because the Wonder Years started in what like eighty eight, eighty nine, something like that. Right. And it took place in the late sixties, so that was twenty two years ago. That would be like having a show now that takes place in um in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, that's right. crazy. That's so insane. That is that is pretty insane to think about. I got a, I got a, I got a prediction that something racist will happen on the first episode. That's my prediction. I mean, that segregation was rampant. Yeah. Well, well, this is in Alabama too. This is like the most racist part of the country during that time period. Yeah. So there'd be a lot of a lot of those. Uh... But they're going. I heard they're going to do like a crossover episode with um, the original Wonder Years at, at some point. Like, Don Cheadle will be narrating. The, yeah, they're going to do a crossover with the original characters from the original Wonder Years because okay. it's the same time period. But it's going to be kind of awkward. How when, can they like, do that if it's the same time period? They'll just have to hire younger actors that look like. Well, they're going to de-age them. And like, I heard like, they're going to do something where like where like Jack oh. Arnold, Kevin's father, like burns a cross or something. It's going to, it's going to be very awkward when it happens. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so are you going to tune in? Are you going to give it a <laughs> yeah. shot? I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Well, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of great music. I love the music of the original series. Okay. And like it's hard to really – like the original series, I believe, is still on Netflix. But like there's a lot of songs that are missing. And the original theme song is somebody else too, which pisses me the fuck off. Like like I know like on network TV, sometimes you'll watch Married with Children, and they don't have the Frank Sinatra version of Love and Marriage. They have a different theme song. And I can't watch it. I can't watch it. If you script this, the theme song to a show, I can't watch it anymore. And um, but hopefully um, hopefully they do they do it well. I mean, I wish they used a different name. I hate when they use the same name for for yeah. like a reboot or whatever. Maybe like a subtitle name, The Wonder Years Alabama. Alabama or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And just so yeah. you know that. So it's like a different. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. They just dropped the trailer for that. They also dropped the trailer for Queens, also on ABC. Which is similar, very similar to the premise of Girls 5 Eva, which is going to be on Peacock. But it's four women in their 40s who reunite for a chance to recapture their fame from their group called Nasty Bitches back in the <laughs> 90s. <Right. laughs> so, yeah, I've, uh, I've heard that group. They were pretty good. You remember Nasty Bitches? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. And then your favorite show, Chachi Goldbergs, The Goldbergs, will be... Um, Renewed for season nine. Good, yeah. I was getting worried because they they like had the finale tonight, actually, and they they just announced last week they were going to renew it. So I thought they might, you know, they might Are cancel they, it. But will I they be jump, gonna, Now will they be jumping to the nineties? Like this is already. I don't think so because um. How does it work unless it started in nineteen eighty, which would be nineteen eighty nine for the ninth season? But I don't think they started in nineteen eighty. They started. No, that's why they say nineteen eighties something which was smart on their part because ah it's gotta be a pain in the ass to like keep track of everything and like so they're just gonna be stuck in the decade of the 80s for the entire series run probably i mean i think so or or you know maybe the final episode like it'll be for 1990 on like new year's eve or whatever and they'll like you know they'll like you know go to the 90s and they'll end the show or something i think they'll probably do that like 
I mean, I, I still enjoy just, it. Like at this point, just go for an even ten seasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's doing great in syndication. Still gets high ratings. As high ratings, high, yeah. One of the highest um, sitcoms on ABC. Okay. Yeah, but um, I mean, it for me, it's not as quite as funny as it was in past seasons. Okay. It's been on for so long. But you um, love the pop culture references in the eighties. Of course. They they, of they, course. they they don't miss the mark. And I heard like I heard that Adam Goldberg is no longer the showrunner. Like he's still involved in some kind of capacity, but to a, a lesser extent. He's probably still a producer, but not the showrunner. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy there he got renewed because I want to see how they deal with the death of um, Pops. Yes. You know, George Siegel. So, George uh, Siegel sadly had passed away. I um, think they'll probably do that on the either first or second episode next season. Yeah, just about two months ago, George Siegel passed away. Yeah. 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 All right. Over on Peacock, they're going to do a vampire series called Vampire Academy from the Vampire Diaries creator, Julie Pleck. So this will be going to um, Peacock instead of CW, but it's the same creator of Vampire Diaries. Just get that same feel, I guess, but it's going to be a 10-episode series based on the young adult paranormal romance novels. So... And this is the um, first time they've done like a TV show based on vampires, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Maybe they're gonna try zombies next. Maybe zombies. I don't think zombies has never been touched. It hasn't been touched. It's not. It's not ever done at all. This is, now. This is a series on Peacock that's very unique and little scary. I gotta admit, guys. Funky it's called. Brewster. It's called Doctor Death. No, it's not Funky Brewster. It fe- features Josh Jackson from uh, Dawson's Creek fame. And basically, it's a story, the true story, this is even make, makes it more scary, of Dr. Christopher Dunch, a Dallas surgeon with a flourishing neuro, neurosurgery, neurosurgery practice, and a growing list of patients who come in for routine spinal surgeries and leave permanently maimed or dead. Like, he's purposely, like, maiming or killing these patients. That's fucked up. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's called Dr. Death. Oh man, I, that's like got I, the cold. Like I never thought about a doctor serial killer. Yeah. Wow. So it has been done before in uh, in um, like Nurse Ratched maybe, um, but um, just the premise alone is just. I don't crazy. think on a true story though. Well, it says here, uh, Chachi, that's the terrifying, terrifying true story of Doctor Christopher Dunch. No, I'm saying I'm saying I don't think it's been done based on the true story before. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Christian Slater's in it. Alec Baldwin's in it. Josh Jackson, Anna Sophia Robb. So, um, of course, there's also the, the Da Vinci Code series called The Lost Symbol, which will uh, kind of be based on that franchise of the Da Vinci Code. If you're a fan of those films, Lost Symbol will kind of pick off where that last, I guess. Uh, Isn't it crazy to, to think that like at one point in time in this country we had like three channels and like and that was it like like everybody <laughs> watched the same three shows that night. Even like before Netflix, because they were the first streaming network, there really wasn't that much. There was just yeah. HBO, Showtime, like the premium channels and like some of the cable channels. But now it's just like ridiculous. Yeah, like, like, I'm shocked that any show can come on the air and like still find an audience. Cause, You're right. Cause, because cause there's, there's so many, many shows. shows. So many, like who has time to watch all these shows? I know. Like, like at one point in time for this show, I used to watch every show on TV for this show. 
Right. Now, now you can't do that anymore. Absolutely. Like, too much. I mean, look at the CW um, Arrowverse shows, Berlandiverse, like yeah. all those DC shows, and they have like 23 episodes a season. I just, it's just too much to keep up with. It's crazy. Yeah, with CW, I kind of stopped. But Did you stop? Yeah. yeah. But with like Netflix and the other shows, I can keep watching. And then, they don't make the episode a number too long. They kind of keep it at 10 to 13, you know. No commercials. No yeah. commercials, you know. Um, yeah, 13 and, is my, my limit nowadays. Yeah. Like maybe, like a, maybe like a sitcom or whatever, the Goldbergs. But then right. I, could, I could easily just say like, oh, yeah, I don't have time. But then I can rewatch The Office or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, like I watch it's always sunny in Philadelphia like a million times. But I, like there's, there's kind of shows you can just pop in and don't have to think about anything and just kind of like fall asleep to it. Yeah. yeah true. Right. That is a funny show, man. The Muppets made an appearance on Saturday Night Live's um, penultimate um, episode of season 46. Season 46 of Saturday Night Live. Wow. Um, so if you um, did that rapist okay. um, Miss Piggy show up. <laughs> uh, uh, the Muppets appearance was weird though they totally screwed up the lip syncing with the puppets and that was I mean the voices were actually pretty good but and they they had puppets that look I don't know I'm assuming Sarant Live made these puppets and they looked like I mean they had Kermit and Statler and Waldorf oh I love yeah. them guys and uh, yeah it was that, that was well, a- Yes. So Kermit was actually voiced by Kyle Mooney, mm-hmm. and then Statler and Waldorf were voiced by Beck Bennett and Mikey Day. So they're voiced by the Saturday Night cast members, but they yeah. used, I guess they used the authentic Muppets. I don't think uh, they, because they didn't look exactly like the real oh, Muppets. Oh, okay, okay. But, they, uh, but it was close. It was just, they really, really messed up the lip syncing, which was really, really kind of off-putting. <laughs> and... Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, those guys in the balcony were great because they shit, shit over everybody. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, those guys get the shit kicked out of them by the security in the in the theater. Are you serious? <laughs> Sketch. Yeah, yeah, it's a. You can check it out on YouTube if you don't want to sit through the entire episode of Saturday Night Live. I, I, you know? I don't want to. Yes. Yeah, so I know you don't want to, Chacha. I know you don't like the show. But um, Kate McKinnon, she's pretty funny as Doctor Fauci. Uh, talking about the CDC's new mask guidelines. I, I saw love that. Kate. I saw that clip. I like Kate McKinnon. She's she's great. She's one of the best parts about Saturday Night Live, in my opinion. Have right, you of course, seen how like Gen Z talks? They did a skit on that too. I yeah, I didn't watch the whole episode. I just watched a couple. Cause by, was it a funny one, the Gen Z? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, I'll have to go back and watch it. Um, she's great. I did watch the MTV Movie and TV Awards. Uh, I caught on that purpose? today. Yeah, because, you know, there's some crazy moments and big moments with some reveals and stuff. But, like, yeah, the award winners, it really means nothing, really. But who, is, who is best kiss? Yeah, let's go over some of the winners. Um, that was my favorite. Yeah. All right. So best movie was, now this is crazy, to all the boys I've loved before, always and forever. Can you believe that one best movie? What movie was that? I liked it. I know, but that's the best movie. Come on, yeah, that's not the best movie. No, going up not. against Soul, Promising Young Women, Judas and the Black Messiah, and Borat. I mean, they have some Oscar-nominated movies, and then you got two of all the boys. Like, I mean, really? Who's uh, been like teens voting or something? Yeah, I'm not even familiar. I'm, Anna B, who who are the stars of uh, To All the Boys? Uh, are they not known actors? Major, there's I've not. A, they're not show? major actors. No. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah. And then um, WandaVision wins best show. Um, Cobra Kai was nominated, Chachi. That's bullshit. Yeah. Bridget <laughs> and Emily in Paris and The Boys. So some yeah. of my favorites uh, do get noticed on the MTV Awards that are not noticed by like the other big yeah. award show. <laughs> Uh, Chadwick Boseman wins for best performance in a movie for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which I really think it had to do with, sadly, Chadwick Boseman passing away. Um, but Carrie Mulligan was also nominated, uh, along with Daniel Kaluuya, Sasha Baron Cohen, and Zendaya. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen wins for best performance in a show. Uh, nominated with Anya Taylor-Joy, Elliot Page, Emma Corrin, and... Michaela Cole. So they don't do the gender separated categories. MTV combines them all, men and women. Um, best hero, Anthony Mackie, Falcon Winter Soldier. He's the winner. Mm-hmm. Also nominates Gal Gadot, Jack Quaid from The Boys, Pedro Pascal, The Mandalorian, and Tayona Paris, WandaVision. Best kiss. All right, here we go. Best all right, the nominees, Rajay Jean-Page and Phoebe Dynavor from Bridgerton. What do you think of that kiss? Anna amazing. Is that an amazing yeah. kiss? Yeah, it was very hot. <laughs> uh, Jaron Lewison and Maitri Namakrishnan and Never Have I Ever. Lily Collins, one of my favorites, and Lucas Bravo, Emily in Paris. Uh, Jodie Comer and Sandra Oh. Killing Eve. I can't believe that was nominated. And the winner for Best Kiss is Chase Stokes and Madeline Klein from Outer Banks. That's your show, Chach. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a pretty passionate kiss. Is that yes. passionate? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anabia, are you watching Outer Banks? No, I'm not. No. Is it a good show? I heard some people, like, I heard 50-50, like. Yep, you've heard mixed reactions? I like it. Yeah, I, I started watching it. I thought I was going to hate it. I mean, it's not filmed in Outer Banks, and I know Outer Banks. So that was kind of jarring for me, but yeah, Charleston, I enjoy it. Yeah, it, it's um. I'm actually going to the Outer Banks in September, so I'm excited about that. Nice, that should be fun. You won't be when you get there. No. <laughs> well, there's not much to do. I mean, if you want to relax, it's great, but there's it's not. It's beautiful, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we're gonna relax on the beach. Like I okay. need my uh. Relaxation. You and me both. I'm yeah. ready to see. Yeah, there's some there's beach. not like there's not even that many restaurants. I'll, um, I'll see our local Eastern Shore, but I'm ready. I'm ready to see a big beach, man. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, best comedic performance. Leslie Jones wins for Coming to America. Josh, can you nah, that? That's that's dumb. Yeah. That's, that's not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, out of all, out of all really performances, out of all the performances in Coming to America, Eddie Murphy, uh, Arsenio Hall, you're gonna pick yeah. Leslie Jones for the best comedic performance. Yeah, and she, and she, I, I thought she, she was kind of annoying in there. Yeah. And she hosted the show, so I mean, I'm sure that had something yeah. to do with and it. She plays the same. She's like one of those um, comedians that play the same kind of character in every movie. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, Issa Rae, Insecure, Eric Andre, Bad Trip, and Annie Murphy, Schitt's Creek, also nominated. All right, best villain, Catherine Hahn, who plays Agatha for WandaVision. She wins. Also nominated. I think the only show that people watched on MTV was WandaVision. Yeah, exactly. Nothing for Mandalorian won or anything? Like, I mean. Giancarlo Esposito was nominated for the Mandalorian. But they were like, they're like, whatever, whatever show was was the most recent wins. Nicholas Holt was nominated for the Great. Aya Cash from The Boys, Stormfront, she's awesome. And Ian McGregor for Birds of Prey. 
And uh, breakthrough performance was Regé Jean Page for Bridgerton. I'm sure Anna B was excited to hear that one. Um, also nominated for uh, breakthrough performance includes Paul Mescal, Normal People, Maria Bakalova for Borat, Ashley Park, Emily Paris, and Antonia Gentry, Ginny, and Georgia. Best Fight, Cobra Kai nominated Chachi for Finale House Fight. The Boys also nominated uh, for The Starlight, Queen Maeve, and Kimiko versus Stormfront. That was a crazy okay. fight. Birds of Prey. I like that fight. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that a great fight? I was. Uh, the final Fun House fight in Birds of Prey, which is a great fight. That was really good choreography. That was also nominated. Mm-hmm. Zack Snyder's final fight with the Justice League versus Steppenwolf. And uh, I just noticed that they have TV shows and movies together in each category. They do them together for the fights and the other stuff, yeah. Okay, that's But the winner, best fight, Wanda versus Agatha. Whatever. (laughs) It wasn't really a fight. Yeah, Yeah, I wouldn't know. As much as I enjoyed WandaVision, that was not really... I would have given it to the boys. Yeah. Birds of Prey. The boys fight, I think, was the most like visceral. I thought, right. yeah, that's the what you... Prey fight was yeah. good too. They only watched all. The, they only watched Wonder Vision. Is all they watched. Okay. <laughs> See, that, they, they literally won all almost all the awards. Yeah. Marvel pretty much won. Falcon and Winter Soldier won for best duo. Which was like what the cutoff of that show was just out. Like. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, you're right. Mandalorian. Dinjara and Grogu were nominated. Emily Cooper, um, Lily Collins, and Mindy Chen, played by Ashley Park, was nominated. <clears throat> Borat and his daughter were nominated. And I've never seen this movie, but Kristen Wiig and Annie Momolo, who are Star and Barb, and Star and Barb go to Vista Del Mar. Never I mean, even I, saw the movie. Yeah, I think I think the MTV award, uh, movie awards and movie and TV awards, whatever. I think it's always been about like this is do whatever the people like the most and like get a lot of publicity for ourselves by getting yeah. awards. Yeah. But the, one of the highlights was seeing um, Scarlett Johansson get slimed. I saw oh, that. Oh yeah, I did see that. By her husband, <laughs> AKA the luckiest man on earth. No. Wasn't the first time. <laughs> Colin Jost. Yeah, I know. Right? Wasn't the first time Scarlett got slimed. <laughs> Anna B is, is, uh, is, <laughs> Heads down laughing. I love it. Hey, that, uh, that picture is going to be photoshopped. I know it's going to be. Oh no! Are they going to are going to change the color of the green? I think so. Just oh, her face looking at be. What do you think? Oh no! I hope not. But yeah, yeah internet's internet. So internet is the internet. Yeah. It looked a little familiar. I mean, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, and also the MTV Movie Awards, and also had the reality awards as well. The next day, they did all the reality shows. Oh, Jersey, really? Yeah. Jersey Shore won Best Docu Reality Show. The Bachelorette won Best Dating Show. You mean Jersey Shore, the one on their network won? The one on their network, of course. Okay. Won. Okay. RuPaul's Drag Race won Reality Cast and Best Competition Series. So. You know, that's all the reality stuff, but... Um, well, Al, I appreciate you watching that so we don't have to. I don't watch much of that stuff. I, I watch no, Survivor. No, no, I'm, I'm saying um, the, the awards. Oh, the MTV awards, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. I didn't, watch, I didn't watch the reality version, okay. but... Uh, no, there's very little reality shows that I watch now. Very few. Isn't that crazy? 
Um, I'm going to be watching um, Gordon Ramsay's Next Level Chef um, series that's coming up on Fox. I love Master Chef. A Next Level Chef will take like great chefs already, but will will one of them will become the, like the next superstar chef, you know? So I, I still watch the Kardashians. You still watch? <laughs> you, are, really? you, are you sad that it's gonna? It's, um... No, I'm kind of glad. <laughs> They've yeah, already been it, going for so many years. I've been watching this since like day one. It's run its course, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's not as funny as it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, General, do you watch any reality television still? Um, no, I really don't. <laughs> okay, just scripted for you. Yeah, Ameri- I, 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 I'm, I am watching American Idol. American Idol. Um, they're gonna have a big uh, finale on May 23rd with. Well, uh, I mean, do you count like cooking shows? I watch cooking. Yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah, like MasterChef. Yeah, okay. I love MasterChef. Which yeah. cooking show do you like? I like, uh, although I don't even know if it's still on the air, um, but I do dig watching reruns of Iron Chef and uh, Kitchen, not Kitchen Confidential. Um, The one that um, Alton Brown hosted, which uh, they would they would use like really weird, um, really weird devices and stuff to make meals. I forgot what it's called. A walk. Kitchen Insanity or something like that. Oh, Uh, Kitchen Insanity. Okay. All right, that that may be um, worth turning in, but American American Idol has been been pretty entertaining. I mean, other than you know they had we talked about it last week, the contestant that got eliminated for a video clip of him standing next to a friend with a white KKK hood. Um, oh, yeah. He made he made the top five. His name is Caleb Kennedy, and on um, the last episode, they, they put just K's said, for his name. They didn't explain his app. They just said Caleb K- Kennedy will not be continuing on the competition and instead of a top five it was a top four show. So that's kind of how they handled it. They didn't really address the controversy at all. Was his middle name Kevin? Um <laughs> oh I get it. Caleb Kennedy uh Caleb K. Kennedy, right? Yeah yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense, right? But now they're down to uh, my favorite in the Casey Bishop. She was uh sadly eliminated on the last episode, but now it's uh, the final three um, that are going into the finale. Um, but, um, yeah, that's on May 23rd. Well, I'm really excited for the winner of that show to do absolutely, absolutely, absolutely nothing, nothing, right? Yes. Yeah. Like the past <laughs> ten winners. <laughs> There's, like, this guy that's kind of like the new Ruben. He's really good. Really? Yeah. He's white guy? A, he's a black guy, but he's oh, kind of, like, black. has Ruben's size. But dude's a phenomenal singer. In fact, I like Ruben. I, I, Ruben had a good song. Which one? The I'm Sorry? Yeah, I'm Sorry for, was it 2004? Yeah, that's the song. I'm Sorry 2004, right? Yeah, that's going to that's be a cut soon. A classic yeah. cut. <laughs> <laughs> you could have chosen it this week if you wanted to. <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, uh, Lollapalooza's coming back uh, for its 30th anniversary. Uh, headlined wow. by Miley Cyrus, Foo Fighters, Post Malone, Tyler the Creator. Um, this is going to be uh, July 29th, August 1st at Grant Park in Chicago. And I think um, I don't think we talked about the um, the one closer to us, the big festival closer closer to us is Firefly. Yeah, that that has an incredible lineup too, man. Doesn't it? That's when September, I think. I believe they're going to make it in the fall, yeah, and which is a good call, uh, as opposed to the summer. I'm but, super excited to go to some kind of 
concert or festival or me too do you guys have tickets to anything i I want to go to firefly i mean it's billy eilish the killers lizzo tame impala machine gun kelly cage the elephant megan the stallion roddy rich was khalifa diplo portugal the man um and many more like right. con- there's actually, there actually people that i recognize their names right uh, the only problem with those festivals is three days long and it's like this was actually four days long the fire okay four days really god yeah, yeah. so billy eilish headlines the thursday show the Killers headlines the Friday show. Oh, Killers put on such a great yes, show. Yes, I, I love them. Killers. Yeah, I saw them live. Oh, God, it was a yeah. long time ago now, like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tame and Paula headlines Saturday and Lizzo headlines Sunday. Um, yeah, my choice will be either Thursday or Friday. Love to see Billy mm-hmm. Eilish and the Killers. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, that's yeah, pretty yeah, good. I'm, I'm still surprised they fucked up the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. Remember they oh. tried to do that and get canceled? That got canceled, right? Yeah. Jeez. Unreal. Well, they could probably try for the 55th. Uh, who knows? <laughs> uh, they, they won't. That, whenever they, they want to do that. Um, other celebrity gossip news. Bill Mars tested positive for COVID-19 after being fully vaccinated. Like I'm like, what the fuck? I thought this is why we're getting vaccinated. Like, oh, my God. No, I said he had no symptoms, though, right? No symptoms. Why are people still getting COVID-19 and testing positive? You know, well, it's just... You can, still, you can still get it. It's just... But, it, but uh, the chances of getting it are, are 5%. Yeah. And yeah. Bill Barr probably has the... Uh, probably got the Johnson & Johnson one, which you is, uh, you know, like they 85% said, efficacy. Yeah. 70 some i think it's like 70 oh just why even bother just because that's, yeah. wow, that's really low yeah and that's the same thing like uh like eight eight members of the new york yankees also uh, uh, did they confirm whether it was johnson and johnson or not yeah because they got the johnson yeah. also that's yeah. the tie that's like I, like the meme i've said before the rock is moderna Dave Batista is Pfizer, and Johnson and Johnson is the tattooed, toothless guy from Tiger King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a I meme. Wonder, I wonder if Miss Universe also had their vaccines. Pretty sure they did, right? Miss Universe had the Johnson and Johnson. Oh uh, no, I'm I'm pretty sure they had their vaccines too, right? Because their their show was on Sunday. Oh, I'll have to tune in. Um, yeah, I like that. Watch- I yeah, love watching. She's Miss Universe Mexico. With- that's yeah. a Woo! Shout out for the Mexicanos. So oh, that's why. I think last time I asked you to be on the show was it was uh, Cinco de Mayo. Now it makes sense why you <laughs> why you were available that night. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Um. So Billy Porter doesn't have COVID, but he does have another virus that he's sharing and admitted he has H. He's HIV positive. Oh. He revealed in a, um the news in an interview with the Hollywood Reporter. And he's disclosing his status now because he and his husband are trying to have a family. And he um, was diagnosed back in 2007, but never told any close friends, cast members on a show on Pose or anything like that. But um, yeah, yeah. you can live your life now with that. You not, can. Not, not it doesn't kill time. you. It doesn't yeah. kill you anymore. Look, look yeah. at Magic Johnson. It's well, he, like he was original. Yeah, he is. He is like the original HIV. He guy. was like. He was like I think the first like um, I think true household name where it was like stunning that someone could get HIV. Right. Because yeah. before that it was like Rock Hudson. Well, Freddie Mercury, I guess. But um, 
he um but yeah i mean it's easy, kind of easy yeah it's kind of crazy to think like you know that was seen as like an automatic death sentence for so long oh yeah and and now i'm like okay well that's a shame that billy porter is hiv but but he'll be okay yeah like, he'll be fine yeah you're like oh walk it off yeah, yeah. <laughs> walk it off, which, which is good to say because I mean it, it's come a long way. Yeah, I mean it's it's safer than COVID, I guess. Basically. Thanks to science. Yeah, yeah. Cause remember Although when... H- HIV you have for life though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. COVID's a temporary virus. So. Right, right, right. I mean, it, it, it's it, still it's still more dangerous than COVID, but it's like, but it's also not as easily spread as COVID. Right. Remember right. when yeah. um, Pedro on the Real World had had AIDS? Yep. And that was like, kind of shocking. And that was like, you know, back when people didn't really see well, like, did a he, person on like, TV. Did he already have AIDS on the show? Or was yeah. That- yeah, he already did. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah he was like an adv- advocate, too, um, at that time. Okay. And I, I think he died, was it shortly after the show went off the air? Yeah. Yeah. And then we got some con- cancel culture stuff. Of course, the Danny Masterson trial had just uh, started. And a woman testified that she was five years into a relationship with Danny when she woke up to find that he had begun having sex with her as she slept, uh, which happened often. She didn't want it. She fought back and said no. Um, So she just testified her story. And then a second woman accused Danny Masterson of of a similar, um, yeah, similar incident. uh, so yeah, this is uh, it's interesting because uh, Danny Masterson actually posted a selfie with his wife Bijou Phillips dropping off a court and saying, you know, saying, uh, drop getting dropped off the court by the hottest Uber driver, you know, talking about his wife with a smile on his face. So he comes in there very confident, and uh, and then yeah, he's in, you know, they show pictures of him in trial. Um, he still cl- claims to be innocent. Um, so uh. We will see, man. The testimony continues. Also, uh, rapper T.I., um, they're investigating him after several women came forward to accuse him of sexual assault. And not T. Not T. T and his wife, Tamika Tiny Harris, also involved. Sexual abuse, forced ingestion of narcotics, kidnapping, false imprisonment, uh, intimidation, assault, harassment. Spanning from 2005 to 2018. Man, sounds like some Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Yeah, the wife is involved too. God, is like, the wife is involved too. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like with the like, Ghislaine. Ghislaine. Maxwell. Yeah, Maxwell. Ghislaine Maxwell. She's it, actually going to have a. Um, it's hard to doc- be people with um, similar interests. You know what I mean? I like, can't wait. I I really hope they um, air the trial of um, Ghislaine Maxwell. I, I just think it will be fascinating to watch. I don't think. I yeah. They did that with Derek Chauvin. But they, you know, um, I would love to see the uh, Gilly Maxwell trial. So see that go. And and they didn't they didn't do it for Danny Masterson. How do they decide which trials to air on television and which not to? Like, is there like a special like permission? I think I'm curious. You know how some get televised and some don't. No, no, yeah. Like like did OJ give permission? Right. Yeah. I don't know. For his trial to be yeah. the trial of the century on television. General, do you have a guess as to how some are televised and some aren't? Um, it probably, uh, I, I think it's the judge's decision, actually. 
it depends like i mean the producers obviously know which trials will um draw the uh the kind of attention they're looking for and then the, right. the judge has to decide and that's like uh i mean like lance ito he was yeah he was kind of a he was kind of a glory hound so he wanted yeah. he was he wanted the oj trial um um uh, televised. televised right oh okay and i think it's also the social impact of it yeah oj's trial had social impacts Derek Chauvin's trial has the social impact as well. I still think O.J. Simpson did it. Oh, <laughs> you're not the only one, honey. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a what a crazy conspiracy theory yeah, you have that's, there. That's just a hot you have there, Anna. You don't yeah. think you don't think because he because he like um, came out with a book that said if I did it. Like, remember that? Oh my God. No, I don't remember if, that book. No. Yeah, yeah, he if came I out with committed the, the murders. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's book. right. He went into detail of yeah. this. This like, is how oh. I would do it if I were to do it. Jesus. Right. That's like, yeah. Why? That's. I remember, well, he, he's always he's always out moral, there trying to find. Moral of the lesson: yeah. Men, stop being obsessive over women. Yeah. yeah. If she says no, no means no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't. Yeah, please don't kill her. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of not saying no, but. Saying yes, Ariana Grande said yes uh, at her wedding to Dalton Gomez. She uh, she married she married a regular guy, a real estate guy. It's always isn't always like real estate guys all the time. If it's a regular if it's guy, a regular person, like, it's usually a real, real estate, estate guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, For the most part, I think Jennifer Lawrence's husband or boyfriend or fiance is an art dealer, so. Yeah, sometimes you know they'll they'll you know they'll go for the guy with a regular job. I, guess. I want to I want to hear regular guy like somebody married like a plumber. I want to hear that. Plumber, yes. <laughs> and then I'll believe it's a regular guy. I'll an electrician, you know. Yeah. Um, but she had less than twenty people in attendance at her wedding. That's surprising. Maybe it's due to the you know the pandemic, but um, um, but yeah, yeah well, I saw some of her exes, so she's that's probably an upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Pete Davidson. Yeah, Pete Davidson, the luckiest guy, uh, yeah, in He's Hollywood. Oldest soldier to the devil, yeah. Oldest soldier to the devil, man. Speaking of devils and zombies, for that matter, <laughs> um, if you caught WWE's Backlash pay-per-view, uh. you saw zombies in the ring for the lumberjack match between Miz and Damian Priest, and it was a a tie-in for a promotion for Dave Bautista's Army of the Dead movie on Netflix. So there was a reason why they brought zombies. Um, to the match to, to promote the movie, but at the same time, you're bringing an element of supernatural into sports entertainment, which, yeah. you know what, WWE was actually on their way to doing that anyways. Chuch, I know that a lot of fans didn't like it, but you know, you have characters like The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and Alexa Bliss, um, you know, with supernatural characters. You know, The Undertaker had his supernatural character when he was crucified and, and uh bray wyatt was burned in the ring alive so well most of the undertakers thing i thought was was more for like to psych out your opponent a I little bit but him. you know he's had some crazy hokey moments too over the years he did yes yeah, yeah. i agree but wrestling but, done this dumb shit um in the past to try to promote movies and stuff like they wcw had somebody dressed up as robocop that came there that they were seriously acting like it was robocop and it's like you're watching the stuff like these are stuff from movies. So then if you bring that into what's supposed to be like a real sport, you know, quote unquote, it makes it look like you're fake because that's that's the fantasy world that you're bringing in. Right. 
you know, and, 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 and I mean, this kind of stuff would not be going on if there was real competition in wrestling. And you, I was reading a, a lot of the comments. Anyone still believes wrestling is real? Anyone at all? Um, I think there's some, like, people in the South. People. people in the South, and, and maybe children. Maybe they, 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 they believe some of the stuff is real. But, yeah, bring zombie, the zombie element. I mean, even though it was kind of entertaining, I'll admit it was a little entertaining. It was a little crazy. Just yeah, little I remember seeing wrestling like definitely. live as a kid, and I think it was like the Ultimate Warrior or somebody. And this girl behind me was just screaming the whole time, like like freaking out about him getting hurt and getting punched or whatever. And like she definitely thought it was real. She had the big old country accent. Like she really thought that <laughs> her favorite guy was getting beat up. And oh my god, and my ears were ringing the next day. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, WWE's got competition a little bit with all elite wrestling, AEW, you know, they, it, it, they actually, they actually, no, Chuck, they actually forced NXT to move their show from Wednesdays to Tuesdays, you know? Was, I mean, NXT, I mean, but it's... Yeah, AEW Raw, was beating, Raw doesn't have any competition. Of course, but they were beating NXT, which is kind of like the third brand, the smaller brand the, of WWE. Yeah, but that Dave but, but Batista movie was actually good. How did you get a sneak peek? I saw it last weekend in the theaters. Oh, th- it's out in theaters, but not on Netflix until... Right, it came out in theaters in some theaters a week early. Oh, I'll have to check it out in the theater then. So it was... Uh, well, I think it was just last weekend they had it at the theaters, I believe. But you can check. Is it in, in most theaters or just select theaters? It was at um, Cinemark. Cinemark locally, okay. Yeah. Cool, that's good to know, man. It was, it was a good movie, yeah. Um, Batista did a uh, good job. Batista's man, he's really showing yeah. his worth, man. I got. And it's it like the kind of zombie. It's more like the they have like the the fast, smarter zombies. It's not like the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead zombies are slow uh, and stupid, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, these are easily killed. They're not easily right. killed. No, no. Yeah, that's kind of the same way that the zombies were in in uh, the pay per view in Backlash. Okay. Um, but I mentioned AEW, but they're actually moving their flagship show Dynamite from TNT to TBS. So apparently NHL, um, apparently they worked out a deal with TNT to air hockey on TNT, so they had no choice but to move AEW to TBS. Is this the first um, time wrestling is back on TBS? It might be. This won't happen until January 2022. I think that deal was just announced. But but yeah, yeah, TBS was the original home Nitro. for, for uh, Nitro, right? Yeah, I wonder if that's the first time since Nitro that wrestling has been on there. Yeah, I believe so. I really believe so. Yeah, it's a long time since. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Ted Turner is still involved with. Um, no, no. Okay. He's not really involved in the company. Could have been some new night, Monday Night Wars. Yeah, of course we have to end with sad passings for those who have left this earth. It includes um, ECW original wrestler. New Jack, who actually interviewed with us many moons ago. Yes. During our wrestling show days of Below the Belt. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what happened. I think either we hung up on him or he hung up on us. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even remember that, Chad. That's, that's a great memory, but... This, no, no, cause this would have been at WNBC that we interviewed him. Oh, you think that's where it was? Okay. Yeah, because we had we had the policy then that you could not... We cannot uh, say the F-bomb. Yeah, you cannot curse on the air... And he would not stop. Like, and I knew like we could get in trouble or whatever by that back then. And he just kept on letting it slip over and over and over again. But that's the thing. We should have never welcomed a guest like New, New Jack. Jack. Yes, yes. 
when his whole shtick was being a gangster and throwing right, the F-bomb right. and being crazy. I mean, dude legit stabbed his opponent with a knife. Yeah. He's crazy, dude. Yeah, he could have stabbed all those zombies um, on that last show. Yeah, he probably could have. But um, sadly, um, Jerome Young, who is the person behind New Jack Persona, died um, from a heart attack at just 58 years old. That sucks. So, and they didn't say what it was from? Heart attack. I know, but they say it was like from... Oh, was it was it from uh, anything drug related or yeah, they didn't allude, yeah, previous condition or didn't allude to that man, but yeah, that's sad. That's certainly sad. Just another wrestler on the list that yeah, another another one of our former guests gone now. And he was actually very um, active on social media up until his passing. Really, I think like right before the day before he passed, he was posting. Wow, it was just very unexpected. That sucks. Also, actor Charles Grodin, best known for. His film, The Heartbreak Kid, Heaven Can Wait, Midnight Run, the Beethoven movies. Yeah. That He's fantastic. That's a, yeah. Yeah. He, he made some really, really fun movies. Uh, yeah, he's a good actor. Um, yeah. He passed away due to bone marrow cancer at the age of 86. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen the original Heartbreak Kid movie. Maybe I'll have to check it out if it's available to watch. I mean, Midnight Run is a like stone cold classic that is such a fantastic movie mm-hmm. chuck hicks stuntman actor and frequent clint eastwood combatant um twilight zone cool hand luke dick tracy had passed away at the age of 93 yeah, it's really amazing how many of these old actors had appeared on this twilight zone at some point yeah at some point right like, so many big names and very recently guys paul mooney comedian actor writer for richard pryor oh Died actually today um, at the age of 79 from a heart attack. He was a head writer on Richard Pryor's show, co-wrote some of Pryor's material in his comedy albums, also wrote for Sanford and Son, Good Times and Living Color. Wow. Larry Sanders' show, Chappelle's show. Chappelle, yeah, he was great on the Chappelle show. And BT's reality TV, uh, Real Husbands of Hollywood. Yep. And of course, with death, we celebrate life of those who um, celebrate another year on the sun and, and above ground. Includes singer, model, actress Grace Jones is 70 today. Um, wow. Uh, Michael Che from Saturday Night Live is 38. And Sam Smith is 29. That's all I have for celebrity birthdays. That's it. Three birthdays today. Wow. It went from I mean, there's other seven, names. 70 to 38. <laughs> there's only. Uh, all these names I haven't even heard of. We have a guitarist from Delamitri. We have an actor from Monk. Uh, the singer from Ace of Bass. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, there's somebody. But yeah, for the most part, if I haven't really heard the name, I'll skip it. <laughs> <laughs> not, that, not that I don't wish them a happy birthday. I still wish them a happy birthday. Of numbers. course. Of course. Um, hey, hey, that person from Ace of Bass has gone around still telling people, hey, I was in Ace of Bass. Yeah, yeah exactly. Even though they're... Yeah, their, their songs are catches. Hell no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Weren't they great? That's so, um, fun. this concludes tonight's Below the Belt show, guys. This is a lot of fun, man. I'd like to yeah. thank, of course, our guest tonight, Brett Ernst. And I just heard back from Alabama from the Baltimore Comedy Factory that apparently just got in from a studio show. So, um, he apologizes. We'll have to have him on a future show, but that's okay. So, he had better things to do then. That's what he's he saying. He had better things to do. But, All Brett right. Ernst. Turned up for our show. He did. Yeah. You know. 
Um, but before we uh, end tonight with the um, pre-recorded interview with the directors of Drunk Bus, I got a huge guest announcement for next week, guys. Um, one of my new favorite shows on HBO is the miniseries Mayor of Easttown, starring Kate Winslet, Guy Pierce, Evan Peters. It is fantastic. It has you on the edge of your seat. I highly implore. It's so good, guys. I'm not only saying that because I was in episode one, but <laughs> it really has you on the edge of your seat. It's a murder mystery. Chachi, you'd love it. I think you'd really like it. That so you're saying, like... should, you're saying I should start in episode two? Yeah, I think it's just that. Well, it's, it's only going to run. It's only going to run seven episodes, okay. and it's a miniseries, and it's done. So I'll watch two to seven then. Okay. Yeah, so you'll watch um, <laughs> episodes, yeah, one yeah, through yeah, seven. Yeah. Two well, well seven. one through six, and then seven, um, I think, uh, well, six and seven are the last two episodes that haven't aired yet. Um, announcing ahead of time, our special guest next week will be Mackenzie Lansing, who plays Brianna, who is one of the suspects in the murder. Um, she's going to be on Below the Belt shows. So it's pretty exciting for us, man. Um, cool. But it's a great show. Shot in Philadelphia, PA. All right. All right. So ending tonight's show, guys. It's a, a great, fun college, ron- somewhat raunchy, you know, buddy comedy with a lot of heart called Drunk Bus. Took place in the early 2000s, 2005 ish, because they're still using flip phones. And it was before Uber and Lyft. So it's about a, uh, a college campus bus driver who, kind of after graduating, just takes a life of as a bus driver around campus. And, um, but uh, the story has a lot of heart because he defends his security guard uh, that has to, you know, help him out on the bus due to fights that are breaking out. But it, it's a really fun, feel-good comedy. Um, I highly recommend it. It's actually available for video on demand. Um, and I interview um, John Carlucci and Brandon Leganke, the directors of this film. And there's actually a few Star Wars refer- references in the film. It's actually a really fun movie. And for you Ozark fans, Charlie Tahan is in it, who plays Wyatt Langmore. Okay. Cool. Uh, in Ozark, yep, he's the lead in this. Uh, great film, Chach. Uh, I sent you the link if you want to check it out. Um, it was cool to talk to the directors. Although we would love to have Charlie because we love Ozark. It was good to interview the directors. So, I think tonight with the drunk bus directors. But guys, on behalf of everybody here, we'd like to thank, of course, the panel. The one only, that's right, Mike, the General Zod. Always great to be here, mm-hmm. and we'll be back soon. Anna B, cosplayer extraordinaire, the lovely Anna B. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> that's right, we have King Chachi, the king of the 80s. Always great to be here, and we'll be back soon. Yep. And of course, <laughs> thank you, Brett Ernst, cousin Louie <laughs> from Cover Kai. Thanks for joining us as a special guest. I'm Al Celebrity Soto. We'll see you guys next week. HBO Mayor of East Towns, Mackenzie Lansing on, on next week's show. And we'll end with the Drunk Bus Directors ending off tonight's show uh, with a great, this is our comedy episode. So, comedy film directors, comedy guests, stand up comedy guests. Uh, and hopefully you're entertained. So we'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace. All right, guys. Al Soto with Below the Belt Show, a special interview with the directors of this amazing comedy, Drunk Bus. Wow, we really need a fun comedy like this And uh, uh, during this time. So we got John Carlucci and Brandon Laganke. How are you guys? Woo!
know. <laughs> How are you? Great to talk to you. And when I say I, we need doing a doing all right, like, doing all right. Good, 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 good. Um, so when I say we need to see a film like this, because uh, I think that with with all the uh, the COVID nineteen and injustices in the world and cancel culture and people being sensitive, you know, sensitive about everything. We need a fun, raunchy comedy that, that has been missing. And I think you guys really delivered with, with Drunk Bus, for sure. Oh, man, that is Thank such you. a compliment. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and I, love agree, hearing that, you know? I love hearing that, you, you know, you, you say it's raunchy and fun and comedy, and then somebody else says it's, it's got a lot of heart and it's serious. So we love that both those worlds are kind of being juggled. It's, it's amazing. Yes, yes. And of course, yes, uh, that other opinion is correct on the other end of the spectrum, I'd say. So as well, because it's, it's got such a great heart uh, of, of a story with the two unlikely buddies in, in Michael, played by Charlie Tahan, and Pineapple, playing himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, let's talk about uh, just the, the beginning of the film. Um, you're... you're um, you're working with a script from Chris Molinaro. Um, it's a well-written script. A um, lot of fun. Reminds me of my college days, of course. Um, tell us about collaborating with first with uh, Chris's script. Um, this, I, I would say about Brandon and I to this next level. Okay, it's time to start thinking about our first feature and. Right. You know, should we be a, should we do a horror movie? Should we do a comedy? Um, and we were kind of incubating a few ideas and Brandon would always tell stories about, uh, you know, one time because he drove the college drunk bus at Kansas City, Ohio. And um, he said one time on the drunk bus, this happened. And he would just tell these funny stories. And we started realizing this could be something. And, you know, the, the pitch was kind of clerks on a bus. And we met Chris through a mutual friend read a script of his that was hilarious. We were reading other writers' material at the time and weren't really resonating with much of it. And Chris had similar sensibilities with humor and we pitched the idea to him. He loved it. And we just started to formulate this thing together. And it was a fun problem. All right. So yeah, so um I so I drove the drunk bus in 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 college at Kent State University in Ohio. Oh wow. Yeah, it was the perfect script then. <laughs> perfect for me. Yeah, this is something I you're saw, familiar I was with. like, I was like, how did you know all these things about me? Um, <laughs> but I, I drove it from like 2001 to 2005, um, and uh, I, I moved from Ohio to, to New York um, and started becoming a filmmaker. Started getting into film. Met John. Um, we started collaborating, and I'd, I'd always tell John about this like weird job that I did. Uh, on the drunk bus and he was like oh we gotta we gotta do that we got we gotta make that um so we hooked up with uh chris molinaro our screenwriter uh through a mutual friend and the three of us just started working on it we actually we we drove to kent ohio rode the drunk bus got inspiration um a lot of the stuff that's in the movie was was from those those nights that we were on the on the bus just kind of like hanging out as well as my personal stories as well as john's stories and chris we all kind of brought came together and collaborated and I, and it's, it was, you know, it was really great. The end result was really great. So did you actually shoot in Kent, Ohio? No. So okay. we, we were going to shoot in, in, in Kent. Um, 
And uh, we just, it, because of budget and uh, other various things and our producer, Eric Kallenbeck, uh brought us to Rochester, New York when we shot it up there. Rochester, New York, very good. Awesome. Tell me about the challenges of, of working on a, what appeared to be a moving bus. Because um, I imagine with a bus in motion could be challenges or was it maybe a green screen, some movie magic and uh, it seemed like it was moving. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that question. It's, it's, yeah. it's uh, a lot of people don't even know that we shot majority of the movie on a soundstage. Um, because, uh, you know, when we first started uh, going into pre-production, pre um, we started realizing like, this is an action movie. You know, like we're on a, we're, a moving bus is a hard thing to shoot, you know, right. for, for a low budget. And the, right. on, top of, on top of that, we also, it's cold weather. It's like freezing. We shot it in Rochester, New York in, um, in January and February and March. So it was like freezing. Um, so what we did is we, we actually, we, we split the whole production and went to a soundstage and bought a fleet of buses that were identical. We ripped open the bus. So the whole front of the bus was ripped open and we shot through the front wow. windshield and, and redid the lighting. And, and, and I mean, everything was just kind of like, uh, and what we did is we, on the soundstage, we got these Astera lights that, that chased around the whole perimeter of the bus. So it looked like passing lights. Oh, so we wow. got a, um, we had a PA shaking the bus. <laughs> Um, we frosted the windows and then we had a, we had a rear projection system on the side where we shot plates at the Rochester. So you really like when you're on that bus and stage, it was actually very disorienting. You, you, you didn't even know that you weren't out in the world. Um, and then everything that was shot that way towards the driver was all on the stage. And then everything shot the reverse towards the windshield that was all on, um, on location. Um, so it was really, it was really, really tough actually, because we had to split scenes um, and, and try to figure out, all right, when we're shooting this way, it's going to be on Tuesday. When we're shooting this way, it's going to be today. It's, Lots it was, of continuity um, stuff to get right. Yeah. 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 No yeah. doubt. Well, let's talk about this amazing cast because I think you've, you've nailed it. Um, of course, uh, love Charlie Tahan. I mean, I'm a big Ozark fan. Okay. You have Pineapple playing himself. You have Dave Hill playing Devo Ted. Tell us about uh, the casting process. Fuck. So the casting process. Um, so, so yeah, so Charlie, we, we found um, through a casting director. Um, we, we were huge fans of Ozark. We're, mm -hmm. We were we were really big fans of his, of his feature called um, Super Dark Times. Um, he was a little bit younger at the, at the time, but it was a great film. And we just kind of, as we were watching Ozark and watching all these other films of his, we just sort of ingested all of these things that he's done. And, and we're just like, that's, that's our guy. Nice. Um, he's, he's perfect. And then, you know, Kara, we met with our, we went out to LA and met with her and fell in love with her. Obviously we, we remember her from Moonrise Kingdom and um, a lot of other films. She was, she was also in Jim Jarmusch's bus movie. Um, uh, Patterson. Yeah, Patterson. Um, which is cool. Um, and then obviously, you know, all the other cat, Dave Hill was, is, is a buddy of ours. So he, he, he was always our, um, our devotee. Um, Will Forte is a friend of John's back from when John did some, um, art department on SNL. So we, he's been attached for since, since kind of since day one. And, um, and then Frank Iero from My Chemical Romance was also a friend of ours and we, we've collaborated with him a bunch. So we, we, we brought him in. And then 
obviously pineapple yeah is is just the guy i mean it's just, <laughs> he's, the, he's the real guy <laughs> i mean i don't know of any other samoan tattooed face guys but uh i guess he was exactly what you're looking for so he's pretty mm-hmm. much playing playing himself yeah yeah well he, he's, he's playing in, oh go ahead john we can hear you <laughs> yeah he's kind of a caricature of himself he yeah he and Brandon were the same age at the time uh, when they were together at Kent State. So he was playing an older uh, caricature version of, of him. You know, we kind of let him sort of write his own dialogue based on his own vernacular and uh, have him punch things up a little bit to make him feel more authentic. I think we knew from the start it had to be him because he's so unique and part of his uniqueness is his appearance and to try and replicate that would be it would it would, and they usually never fake tats especially like that wouldn't be pulled off properly right um you're shaking your yeah. head brandon yeah. not only the tattoos but wow the piercings the uh the <laughs> the septum yeah the, the uh does he have a hole under his actual lip yeah oh my so- Goodness. So Pineapple is a he's a modification and piercing um, business owner in Austin, Texas and Houston right. and a few other places. And he what he did is he actually scarred his face first because scarring is permanent. You can't get rid of that. Like tattoos, I guess you could get you could get them, right. get get rid of them. But the scarring is is till the day he dies. And then and then off of the scarring, he tattooed his face. Um, he has a he has a huge um, piercing through his nose, through his mouth, and I mean various other places. Some places we probably can't can't show. <laughs> don't want to talk about. <laughs> That's great. I mean, yeah, perfect, perfect uh, role there. And I just love the camaraderie of of the two um, leads in, in in Michael and Pineapple, and uh, the friendship that they had. I mean, their ups and downs and all that stuff, and how. I loved how Pineapple really convinced Michael to become a better person in a way, encouraging him to get laid, being more badass, you know, encouraging him to fight, uh, retaliating for the frat house. Yeah, um, getting laid, def- if you're getting laid, definitely makes you a better person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you know, he's a young guy, you know, why not, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I also want to talk about the uh, the Star Wars reference. Pandemic can relate to that. Yeah, because uh, I'm sure uh, Chris yes, already wrote this, but noticed several Star Wars references uh, during the frat party scene. I will also, take soul, Drew, soul credit uh, for that. So the, the film has been really well received. Um, you, you got the independent um, film Reese, you know. the, the Tell us about um, the independent film reception for, um, for Drunk Bus so far. Um, you mean like a, the just the press and or um... I know it's been submitted to several film festivals, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's it's won several awards. Can we talk about some of them? Sure. Yeah. So it's you know it was originally slated to premiere at South yeah. by Southwest. All right, I'll start over. So it, originally it was uh, slated for South by Southwest, um, and obviously we know what happened there um, with the pandemic. And yes. um, but 
but since then it's it's gotten uh you know really great reviews i mean it's it's all very positive i mean i think we have a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes right now um which is awesome and you know it's not just one review it's you know uh, a, a good a really good amount um and it's um you know we've just we just received some some good reviews over overseas too in the uk so it's it's I'm happy to hear that, you know, people that are not American are also getting it. Um, I also just love hearing uh, when I see reviews about people that are really getting it, like they're really getting what, what we sought out to, to, to make, Um, you know, it's, it's so awesome to see that. It's just, it, it, you know, really is um, reassuring that we, you know, we did our job well and, um, also like people talking about how great pineapple was and no one mentioning yeah. like, wait, why, you know, how many days on a, on a, on a soundstage did you guys shoot? Like no one even talks about the soundstage or the fact that it's, yeah, so, so all yeah. those things are really great. And, um, you know, then we, we won, we won the San Diego film festival and we not only won it, but we got the audience award, which is really Excellent. fun. And, um, it's been playing at a lot of, it was at Synquest and, um Cleveland Film Festival and a lot of other places but um but yeah the response has been awesome I mean it's I'm I'm I kind of feel like once once you get those like really bad reviews or those trolls that's when you really made it you know because that's when it's really penetrating outside of the your circle and you know so like I'm waiting for those bad reviews but um but yeah it's it's been great yeah I think um it's been getting a lot of love you know I think something that you you started with is um serendipitously this movie is getting released in a time where we do need comedies it's been a really rough year for the world and uh and i think we're getting lucky with with the timing of that um i think also what people expect from the title uh you know they 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 come in and get a different uh different flavor it's you know it obviously has a lot of heart and i think that's resonating with audiences um that it kind of leaves you with sort of this ambiguous, hopeful, without spoilers, uh, ending. Um, right. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I think we kind of knew writing it that that was that was going to be the approach to the character, um, and I think I think it worked. Fantastic! I love it. And uh, John, we were talking about Star Wars. Yes, um, and the references uh, <laughs> in the film, at least three references. Uh, one yeah, calling, why don't you give me the ones that you picked up? The one with pineapple being called a fat Darth Maul, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> and then he That's later said he looked like Yoda swallowed or, or ate Jabba Oh, yes. And yes. then there was another Star Wars reference at the frat party. Right. The uh, great shot kid. There was one in a million. We had right. to watch. We had to show Charlie and Kara, or I did, repeatedly. Uh, on that YouTube clip of like, this is your line. Uh, why, why you don't have that burned into your psyche is beyond me. But um, yeah, it was kind of, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan or I was like, I, you know, I'm, I don't subscribe to a lot of the shit that's going on now, but um, <laughs> making this movie, you kind of, you, you have this main character who is the pilot of a vessel who is protected by a larger uh, kind of boisterous entity and started yes. thinking, well, this is kind of like, <laughs> it kind of has like an emo Empire Strikes Back vibe to it. You have this I love like, it. I love it. <laughs> sort of like robot, 
you know, Justin, you know, there's always the, the joke that C-3PO is gay. Like maybe there could be a reference that like, you know, Tona and, and Justin are, are sort of like uh, C-3PO and Kara, obviously like Princess Leia. But I think the, the my favorite Star Wars reference is it's not verbatim, but it's kind of implied is that when Wookiees lose, you know, they could have a tendency to rip your arms off. Yeah. And there's that where pineapple goes into the back. And he's like, good, because this, this happens again. Or rip your fucking arms, Get arms off. off. Right. Yes. And um, <laughs> I actually wait, let me stop you for a second. Why, why do people think CP3O is gay? C3PO? Uh, it's just because he's this snooty, like British, like, uh, you know, maybe effeminate type thing. I think it's just the obvious low hanging. Mm. I've heard that as well. Print, you know? Anyway, sorry. Um, Never heard that yeah. before. But I just had a conversation with uh, our one of our prop guys to get one of those little tiny chess boards with the magnets. And maybe it was going to go in a cutaway like next to Pineapple while he's sitting on the bus to sort of tie in the, the you know, the weird space chess board that they use in the Falcon. But that was that was too obvious. So I mixed it. But yeah, so there's there's a lot of Star Wars DNA in there just because it was a very... Uh, influential piece of of why i personally got into filmmaking so I, it had to be there at some some point but yeah i think it's the favorite is is the darth maul fucked fat albert is really funny <laughs> that, that wasn't the original script by chris that wasn't we didn't was there anything added uh, that was not in the script that was actually it was originally it was supposed to be darth maul fucked precious but we thought that was a little too insensitive uh, no yes no, it's Precious not. It's hadn't the- <laughs> Precious hadn't come out yet. Yeah, it hadn't come out yet in 2006 when it takes place. So that's why we nixed it. Nice. And yeah. that's, that's actually what was my next question about the uh, getting that year because the flip phones were there. Uh, were there any challenges to get uh, the year right uh, in 2006? Because I'm, I guess, what, did you shoot pre pandemic? Yes. 2019? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, other than uh, the, having the right technology, like the flip phones, uh, any challenges with uh, getting the year right for the film, 2006? Mm-hmm. Not really. Not. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have the budget to say, like, we could only use era uh, proper vehicles or, I mean, I'm sure you'll see some modern cars in there somewhere. Um, we tried to be as strict as possible with the soundtrack. Um well, we, we you know what? Liberties, but you, you know it was hard is finding a first generation iPod. That was kind of difficult. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. the one that Pineapple uses to play the um, party music. Yes, but the what, fashion was the wardrobe. Was yeah, yeah, that was that was, uh, and the the graphics were hard too. John, remember like getting getting the graphics right for the t the t nine texting. Yeah, in, in the in the post process, that was that was. We definitely went through a few rounds of, of revisions on that to make sure it was of the era, you know. Yeah. Would it would it work as a contemporary version? Is there a reason why you wanted to stick with 2006? Because you, you could have easily done it a 2019 flick, right? With the we, script, we, right? We started writing it modern, you know, of the of the time, and because um, there were even some t- we had a we had a scene where a bunch of kids were just like. Once they saw Pineapple for the first time, they were, you know, filming him, hashtagging drunk bus creature, all these things. And and then we started thinking, like, oh, it might be more fun 
the cool thing about writing retro movies like that is you immediately get to eliminate a device, a narrative device, which is smartphones. Yes. And unless it's crucial to this, I mean, everything can be double checked now in terms of like, if your character's doing something, they can easily use the internet or, you know, any type of thing to, to, to prove yes or, or, or no, if that makes sense. But um, I think eliminating that gave us a better narrative element. It also took out the, the, the modernism of, uh, you know, ride sharing and Lyft and Uber. and That's know, right. That you know, didn't exist. Add, that did not right. exist back in 2006. Yes. Right. So, so which, which gave Michael's role and that his occupation even more uh, weight to it. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, it's also just a. It's also just a kind of an interesting time, you know, like 2006, early 2000s. Is I I just haven't seen a lot of films set in that time, you know. Um. So that was another reason, but yeah, Uber Uber kind of um, made the drunk bus obsolete, really. You know. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that that's a very important point that you guys brought up with, with yeah with that the bus, yeah, and he's I mean he's everybody's Uber on that campus, <laughs> so, so that makes complete sense. All right, well, uh, I guess at this point, tell us where we can see Drunk Bus. I know it'll be available on some video on demand platforms. Yeah, it's going to be on FilmRise uh, on their platform. It'll be on Amazon, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Microsoft. Nice. Um, Roku, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, not to be confused with Roku. And then you can go to drunkbus.com um, and you can, you can, you can uh, find where it's playing because it's also playing in, in drive-in theaters and virtual theaters and real in theaters um throughout the country and those we're adding dates every day so you can just keep checking back the what on the website as well as internationally too it's playing in the uk and australia and um new zealand as well well the such a fun fun film guys uh before we get into um future projects tell us a little bit a little bit about drone boning um, I got I caught the trailer on YouTube, uh, not safe for work, um, but you know, watch it anyway. <laughs> and uh, curious on 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 getting participants for that. How how does that work for drone boning? Um, that was through a website in San Francisco. We shot it in and around San Francisco. So it was kind of like a Craigslist, but for like I don't know, extreme not necessarily sex workers, but just more free form, like, you know, life models, if you're doing drawing classes or exhibitionists or right. dancers, this kind of stuff. And it was actually the weekend that uh, Burning Man was happening. So it was Slim Pickens. Wow. And um, we just, I, I think we were actually booking talent as we were shooting, like for the next day, because we shot it two or three days over Labor Day weekend. And I remember we were driving to shoot one couple and then we were booking someone that we had for tomorrow was getting back to us. So it was kind of, everything was fast and furious. We, um, we didn't have permits. We would scout and then shoot. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we got people. Some of them were real couples and some were, you know, just down to do something experimental. Wow. And there's no simulation. We're, we're talking the real deal here, aren't we? No. It's all simulation. Some, so, oh, it is all simulation. Yeah. 
Ah, okay. Because I guess there's yeah. that line you don't want to cross from pornography to. Yeah. yeah. We considered it and it got a little, you know, we were like, wait, we all kind of felt like, wait, what are we doing here? And like, no, let's, we're not going to. It was, so we, we also had a VFX people's penises out because there were, yeah. some of them were too large. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't yeah. think of doing what La- Lars von Trier did in um, uh, Nymphomaniac? He actually hired porn actors to actually, yeah. to do yeah, the actual <laughs> sex scenes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on, Lars. It's you know, it's too easy. It's it's more artistic when you choose. To, I don't know. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't want to go that route. Completely fair. Completely fair. Yeah, because that that got, got quite a buzz. And interestingly enough, you said this is your first feature, guys, from drone boning to drunk bus, basically. Yeah, well, some in between, but yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean, don't discredit the Fart Olympics, which happened in between drunk, drunk boning and, and uh, drunk bus, which, if you haven't seen, I highly recommend. It's very on, on brand for us. <laughs> I love it. Well, well tell um, us what's next, guys. I mean, now that drunk bus is, is you know getting great reviews, I'm sure you're thinking about your next feature already. I'm hoping you are. Drunk boning too. <laughs> we're we're gonna do a, a universal like we're gonna cross. A multiverse with drone boning and drunk bus and that's and that we're going to combine the two concepts for real no, we're, we're pitching no 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 <laughs> i mean whatever maybe it could happen but <laughs> we're pitching a lot of things that we've been writing uh over the couple of years and and um and we're also reading a lot of scripts which has been a fun new thing for us um, okay so we're, we're cooking a lot of pots we haven't really focused on uh what the next thing is we have prospects and some are horror comedy some are straight up horror some are uh one's another straight up comedy with uh the same writer chris it's more like a a mockumentary type thing so you know we have obviously two different minds we have tastes that usually we tend to uh bring together so yeah it's could it could be a surprise okay has chris thought about writing a drunk bus too I don't think any of us have thought about Drunk Bus too. Okay. What would what, how, what, I, what would happen? He's just he's just like still driving the bus and yeah, it's just like I don't know. Oh, I well, we did have, we did have a joke though. We said uh, pineapple because we were like Rochester and cold. What's the opposite? It's like let's go to Hawaii and let's do Drunk Samoa. Bus Two Pineapples Paradise Samoa. Yeah, two drunk two bus. He can actually be in Samoa for real this time. Instead of pretending about it, <laughs> we did have a joke okay. that like it's the, the 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 bus is now a time machine, and for for no reason at all, there's no ref like it's a it's a straight up like sci-fi drama like serious time travel movie right and uh, China, Ch- Charlie uh, comes out of the the universe as like he he was the only person that knew all along from the first movie that he had this time device but he didn't tell anybody about it. And there's no reference to, to first being a comedy at all. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Robert, guys, this is this has been tremendous. Thank you so much for talking to us. I love the film. Yeah. I urge everyone to go check out Drunk Bus. It's a good, fun movie. I mean, it's got drinking. It's got um, farting and belching. It's exactly, <laughs> it's got a lot of things, but it's got a lot of hearts. It's, it's got, got everything you need. It's got a lot of hearts. It's a, it's a good story. It's a good buddy 
comedy, unlikely friends, and and um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Great, great, well produced, well directed, um, fine film, guys. And, and thank you so much for talking thank to you. us here on Up Below yeah, the Belt Show. Out. And if we could, before we let you go, if you could let us know who you are, do a little plug for Drunk Bus, and then let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. All right, how do we want to do this, Brandon? We should divide it. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, hi, I'm John Carlucci, director of Drunk Bus, and you are listening to and watching the Below the Belt podcast with Al Soto. This is my partner. Hi, I'm Brandon Leganke. I'm another director of Drunk Bus, and you're listening to Below the Belt with Al Soto, my favorite podcast in the world. Sorry, is that too loud? <laughs> I loved it, yes. <laughs> that was funny. I just woke up my baby. He's like crying now. <laughs> oh yeah. Inside out vagina. I I'm still like puzzled in how that's possible. Like like I'm still <laughs> uh, that, you'll, have to ask you'll have to ask Chris about that one. I'll ask Chris that was, about that. That was that was his idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's we're, we're I, don't, I don't know for, about that one either. For some society. <laughs> Like the the society of of inside out vaginas to come down on us for that one. We'll see we'll see what happens. <laughs> that's that's a star. I think that's a Star Wars reference too, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the Sarlacc pit. That's terrible. I love it all, guys. Thank you so much. And thanks, uh, Al. Thank you, Al. Yeah. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, 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 bye.